Okay, so guys, it feels like it was uh, a month ago or two months ago, but actually the last time we did a PBD podcast, home team was July 25th, Damn. which is more than three weeks ago. Okay, so I almost, we don't even know each What's other. What's your name? No. Great to meet you. Vincent O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, Patrick Bedini. Hey, great to nice meet to you. Meet Pleasure, you. Mr. Ellsworth. What's your name? What's your uh, name? Uh, Tom, Tom, good to have you on. Adam. Adam. Hello. Adam. Great to meet Tom. you. Hey, PBD Podcast yes. folks out there, it's, it's great to spend some time with you guys. Great to be back. We, we got, a uh, lot's happened. Uh, uh, a Khabib, uh, uh, Nora Mohammed interview I did, uh, Habib, UFC, which will be uh, released, I think, tomorrow. I saw the, premier, uh, the, what do you call it, the intro today. I asked him a question. I think this clip, two clips that I asked him about Habib, I think those two are going to be intense. One of them, when I asked him, I said, Habib, in the U.S., we have about 100-plus genders. How many genders do you have in Russia? Yeah. It's a very interesting answer he gives. Yeah. It's technical. And then the other one I asked him about, uh, he loves Michael Jordan, and when he watched Last Dance, in the documentary, Michael, when his father dies, he steps away from the game, but he comes back to win three more. I said, when you watched that documentary and you got emotional, did it inspire you to want to come back and win one more for your dad? You have to wait for that one. It's going to come out here soon. Right. We had a good time. Vegas was great. We got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, had great meetings in Vegas with a bunch of different people. But we got to get into some stories because a, a lot has happened the last few weeks. One, Snow White <laughs> is pissing a lot of people off saying she doesn't want a – she's not going to have a love story with another man because she wants to be a leader. <laughs> and she was crying yesterday because we were hurting her feelings after she said some stuff. He's a stalker. About a He's movie. A stalker. The He's a stalker. stalker. So, Rachel, you're 22 years old. You should be able to take it. No one asked you to go into Hollywood. No one asked you to call out people who have for decades loved the brand of Disney until recently. So, yes, you are going to get called out by them. And today we're going to talk about the Michael Burry, okay, from the movie Big Short, makes a $1.6 billion bet against the stock market. The last time he did that, everybody called him absolutely crazy until he was right and they made a movie about him. So we don't know if they're going to make another movie about him right now or he's going to be wrong. The CIA, China says something about the CIA. I want to play this clip for you guys here in a minute. you got to see it. Target reports first quarterly sales drops in six years. First sales drop in six years after Pride Month disaster. Uh, there's a new movement going on, uh, gang. I don't know if you guys want to subscribe to this movement. It's called uh, Meet the Stay-at-Home Dads. Yeah. They are on the rise as oh, yeah. more men drop out of work and skip college. This is an insider story. Tom's got some feedback on it. Tom, on the Penn uh, uh, ESPN deal with Barstool, Dave uh, Portnoy, who bought it back for a buck. We'll talk about that. ESG, SMP, guess what? They're scaling back on debt ratings, and they're no longer saying, we are looking for your ESG score, which means we are making some progress, folks, with all of you talking about it, sharing whatever content you see. This is good. Heart attacks at record level after pandemic, the Telegraph. This is deeply concerning. Wait till you see the numbers. We have to talk about what happened with Trump, the charges, Georgia. A lot of people are concerned. Some are not. The camp is getting more fired up about wanting him to get into office so he can get back to what these guys are doing with the DOJ, weaponizing it against him. Again, we'll talk about that today. 
Uh, Ron DeSantis may have gotten his biggest endorsement ever. Don't say who it is. We, we'll, we'll comment on the one. The biggest. This is possibly the biggest endorsement. When, mm. when this person endorses you, you know you're doing something. And, and wait to see who it is. We have to talk about the genocide that's going on in Ar- Ar- Armenia with uh, Nagorno-Karabakh, uh, with what Azerbaijan is doing. Devastating stories that I'm hearing from there. A former Biden uh, uh, senator told him he'd kick the shit out of him. He said it to him when he touched his wife. He said this on a TMZ show, I think, last week or a week and a half ago. Um, then we got a bunch of other stories. Americans' credit card debt record breaking. I got two day, two numbers I want to show you about traditional TV and streaming, what's happening with it. The video of what happened in Topanga Mall, where we had our office right across the street. I used to shop. That was my number one mall to go shopping. Crazy. They stole $300,000 worth of stuff out of Nordstrom's. Yeah. Wall Street, Tom's got an update for us with commercial real estate and Anheuser-Busch. We actually had a chance to meet the CEO of Anheuser-Busch last week yeah. with Dana White at the UFC uh, uh, Super Slap event that we went to, which was something else. Okay. Mm. So let's go into Michael Burry. Tom, Michael Burry makes a $1.6 billion bet against the stock market, uh, which has got a lot of people talking. So Michael Burry, famed for predicting the 2008 financial crisis in a big short, has positioned bearish bets against the U.S. stock market. He purchased put options against $739 million in Invesco, QQQ, trust ETF shares, and $886 million in SPDR, S&P ETF shares, signaling a possible market downturn. Burry bets indicate a defensive stance as put options increase in value with declining stock prices. While exact amount risks aren't disclosed due to filing limitations, Burry previous high-profile predictions lend attention to his market actions. Despite a history of accurate predictions, such as shorting tech stocks during the dot-com bubble, some bets like his short position on Tesla in 2020 have misfired. Burry's recent options moves against the market could be part of a broader strategy that isn't fully evident from the filings. Tom. Well, Michael Burry, interesting guy. A lot of credibility, subject to the big short. He was in there. Um, prominent figure. And he's known as a contrarian, and a contrarian looks for markets that are out of sequence or that are overcooked, and they play against them, just like you might call him a bear. And so he has a history of this, looking for overcooked things. So it's not really a headline that he's a contrarian. And he, this is a defensive move. So he might have three, four, five billion dollars of total investment. He's putting one point six against the market. And what's interesting this to see he's putting at the S&P 500 and there's a lot of people including me that think that's a little overcooked because 92 of those stocks are kind of stuck but seven of them remember they were calling them the mm-hmm. magnificent yep. seven What's Tesla the market going? Yep. Yep. Is, is it that the only thing that's been in the S&P 500 was the Tesla bounce up who was number one because it went from like 110 to 220 where it is now is 265 a week ago and that Magnificent Seven carried it. And so he's saying, I don't think the Magnificent Seven can keep doing this quite so long. And so I'm going to bet against it. So when he bets against it, he thinks it's going to air out. But he's had a history of defensive postures. And he's been right more than he's wrong, although he did trip on Tesla in 2020. But he didn't lose a huge ton. But he had to back out of that position. So, but when Michael Burry says, hey, I'm thinking it might rain tomorrow, it's never a bad idea to buy an umbrella.
Let's take a look at what happened to S&P yesterday. That means this is a slight drop, nothing crazy. Rob, can you go to the the, the greedy index that Adam always talks about, whatever that index Fear is? Fear greed index. Oh, Google yeah. that. Where, 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 would you, where would you think it, we are right now? I already know exactly I where we are. I think it's greedy. I think with 60%, 70%. It's actually neutral right now. Go, oh, okay, wow. It's dead okay. even. So if it's neutral right now, he's making a position like this. Um I don't know. Look, this is not a hundred. No one in the market is a hundred percent free throw shooter. Um, no one is. But this guy, if he was a free throw shooter, Tom, he's like a Mark Price. Mm-hmm. And some people don't know who Mark Price is. I, I'll give you a more modern day one. He's like a Steve Nash. Steve was, Nash, ninety-two yes. percent type of guy. He's up to I don't know Curry. the exact numbers, but he, when he's when he's calling shots like this, people listen. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, uh, Rob, can you pop that back up real quick? Pop it, Rob. So. Since the Fed added the other quarter point one month ago, extreme green 80, one week ago, 62, now 51. So there is a sliding market sentiment coming out with a lot of consumer stats. We'll talk about housing a few things later. But, Pat, there's a lot coming out with that interest rate raise. And you can see over the last month, the index has definitely sliding back. Let me just add to that. So uh, we've 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 covered Michael Burry in the Big Short here uh, multiple times. Open invite to the podcast, Michael Burry. Yeah. Uh, y- you're allowed to uh, reveal yourself. Um, you know, I think he founded his, his company was called what Scion Capital. Scion. It became famous. It was Christian Bale that played him with the weird haircut and the sandals and the eye. So he's Christian Bale also has an open invitation. There, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, great plug right there. Yeah, as much credibility as he has, you know. Uh, he's not Nostradamus. He is more right than he's wrong. Even more so, what's more telling is, you know, Bury making his prediction. Someone who has, I believe, has even more credibility than Michael Bury is Warren Buffett. And Warren Buffett was, you know, how much cash did he have on reserves during COVID? Like almost $100 billion, something insane. Yeah. He played it right. I mean, he's got a track record beyond anybody. What What was interesting is that he, uh, Berkshire Hathaway's company actually sold I think $8 billion of assets recently in the uh, Q3. So in Q2, they were acquiring assets and Buffett actually was selling off. So uh, if you don't believe necessarily Michael Burry's prediction, uh, if you want a little more uh, weight to your argument, Warren Buffett got some things to say about this. Uh, Important note, the S&P is what up 17% this year. I want to say the NASDAQ's close to 30%, something ridiculous. Um, Burry... Short of the QQQ, what is that? That it's sort of a NASDAQ ETF, right? So uh, what goes up must come down. S&P, um, he shorted that as well. The spider. So, the spider ETF. So, um, you know, Fed has been sort of pausing their rates for now. We'll see what they do. We'll see what Jerome Powell does. Inflation's somewhere in the 3% neighborhood when it was 8 9%, I don't know, a year ago. So the economy, inflation, unemployment is... I don't know, navigating their all-time lows, uh, three and a half, or sorry, th- around 3%. What is it, Tom? Three and a half percent? So there's a lot of information to process here. So it's uh, good stuff to take note of is, I think, what it comes down so, to. So, uh, so, Adam, the average Joe hears something like this. What do, you, what do you tell the average Joe, like, that this guy's betting against the market? What would some guy that wants to jump on board with this thing? Like, how, what, 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 how would you go about it? Well, I think if we could just learn lessons from the last two major downturns mm-hmm. in the market, which was 2007, 2008, boom, by 2010, the market roared back and we went on a, what, a 10-year bull run until COVID. Mm-hmm. And then COVID, 
um, we lost, what, 40%? And then six months later, we were at all-time highs. So ultimately, if you play the long game, you're going to be fine. So, But for older people, you know, if you're, if you're not in cash or bonds, if you're still stock heavy, or if you have, like, company stock that you're all in on, <laughs> Be very wary. Got you. So yeah, play the long if, game if, if I'm you. If, if you're somebody that's the average person, don't get too crazy about it. It's going to yeah. be fine. Let me go okay. to the next story. Wall Street is ready to scoop up commercial real estate on the cheap. Uh, Wall Street firms like Cohen and Steers, Goldman Sachs, EQT, Exeter, and BGO are raising billions to buy distressed commercial real estate, including office buildings and apartments at a fraction of a previous price to plummeting values. Factors such as interest rate spikes had led to a 10 to 15% drop in commercial property values with potential for a further 20 to 25% decline. Distressed property volume surged by $8 billion in Q2 and biggest quarterly increase since 2020. Owners like Clarion Partners and are now offering offloading properties in San Francisco office towers that sold for $41 million after being purchased for $107 million in 2014. Eight years later, it sold for $66 million less. Smaller investors attracted by non-traded REITs, $100 billion raised in seven years, are targeted but institutional funds with $145 billion for investments post-competition. Tom. Well, you know what's really interesting about this? Remember when everybody was saying BlackRock is buying up neighborhoods, they're buying up small homes, and they're going to be your landlord for rent. Remember yeah, that yep, earlier yep, this year? Yep. Well, guess what? They've turned their attention to what is being known as the regional banking crisis. And the regional banking crisis is the people that own a lot of the paper on these buildings in Los Angeles are very significant regional banks that are in California, similar to San Francisco. And so the big guys, the PE money and the big banks are just saying, I'm ready to raise my market share in overall real estate and raise the market share in my portfolio. And I'm just waiting for the small banks to be in trouble. And I'm going to come and buy that paper from them at pennies. And I'm going to own the commercial office space and see if there's an increase in the future. But right now what we're seeing is the commercial real estate is is crashing. We've been seeing it. And now the big banks are about to step in. So the underlying story, PBD, is the big banks are about to get bigger and the regional banks are going to get bailed out by the big banks because the regional banks are holding the mortgages in a lot of those buildings. Hey, Pat, I'm going to pull a Vinny right now and just uh, ask you. So I understand this information that Tom just broke down eloquently. What does this mean for the little guy? I'm not in commercial real estate. You know, I'm not a big real estate guy. What does this mean to the average investor or the average person looking to nothing, get in the market? Nothing for the little guy. This this means a lot to the bigger guys. Uh, our audience, you know, you know, when we do the live podcast, eighty five percent of our business owners when they come yep. down here. So they're the, the, these are the, our a lot of big of our, our audience. There's those that want to be the big guy one day, meaning they want to be financially free. They're very aspirational. They want to grow. You know, they're they're also wanting to question. But there's an audience of ours that is running a business, they're successful, they want to talk about serious issues in life of politics, religion, finance, money, things like that, but they're sometimes quiet as well because they don't want to risk losing their business. So they'll come and listen to what we have to say and then they'll go and talk about it amongst their peers. This affects those who are wanting to buy a building right now. If you're thinking about buying a building right now, this is a decent time to buy it and it may even get better in the next couple months 
But I don't think the opportunity is going to be around for too long with commercial real estate. I think right now is a decent time to buy commercial real estate. You know, the people going back to the office, it's, it's gradually becoming like, listen, guys, we tried it, didn't work, get your butt back to the office or else. There's a video circulating with Dave Portnoy goes to his office. I don't know if you yeah. saw this clip or not. He's walking around well, after he picks it up, and we'll talk about that here in yeah. a minute. He's walking around the office. He says, where the hell is this guy? Where is that guy? It's 10 o'clock. Where is everybody? How come they're not at the office? How many articles did this guy write? Are you kidding me? The last three weeks, he's only written seven articles. What the hell has this company been doing? Who's been running this place? It's an incredible scene of a founder who put his blood and tears into the company, realizing nobody is working, right? Mm. Everybody is getting back into working out of offices, realizing that's not working, you know, where we're going to be remote. Now, having said that, some companies went so far out that they're going to have a hard time bringing their people they spoiled into back into it. Like, it's like a father that spoiled his kids so much by giving them everything. Now you want to tell him, you got to go work and make your money. Daddy, you screwed me up already, bro. The days of fixing Hunter Biden are behind you. You can't fix Hunter <laughs> Biden. It's done. So that part is game. So I think commercial real estate still got an opportunity. Um, you know, they're, they're, like right now, my guy, I'm t- we're talking yesterday to our commercial real estate guys from, from the guys that we work with here, players. And they said, look, this is a subleases are wide open, leases are wide open, offices are, you know, open for the price tag that you want. We're looking at a bunch of different places with here, Pompano, 10 mile radius. Of course, Mayor Suarez would like us to move to Miami and bring Vitamin back to Miami. But it is a good opportunity for buyers. Tom, I see your hand. It is a good opportunity for buyers and uh, what do you call it, uh, for buyers and those that want to lease, but I don't think this is going to last a you long time. Video? Go ahead, and, and by the way, if you have a white-collar business, mid-sized white-collar business, and you're looking for office space, now, I mean, PBD, you could practically do a how-to on this because we went through this. When I we got you to do a how-to on that. We could both do a how-to on this that you could take advantage of the opportunity right now to lower your lease cost on your business. If I was looking for two, 3,000 square feet right now, that's probably tough. But I'm looking for 5,000, 7,000, 10,000 square feet for a mid-sized white-collar business. There are deals to be yes, had in your totally. city. You're absolutely right. And if there's only two years left on your lease, yes. call them on the phone and says, be in my office and we'll turn this Dude, into a Five-year lease, yes. but we're dropping the price. You know, it's crazy. When I lost my lease, you, 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 when I lost my lease years ago, when the tenant comes in from Sunshine Realty in Granada Hills and she says, you're parking 200 people here. I'm getting fee- fines and tickets from neighbors. We have to kick you out. This is a small space of 3,660 square feet. You're evicted. They kicked us out of this office in Granada Hills. I went around knocking on two, three, four, five hundred offices to ask who's subleasing until somebody gave me an office lease, and I was in that office for three years. It was one of the best decisions we made. We went to 8550 Balboa Boulevard in, the, in uh, Northridge. But today, sublease opportunities are everywhere. Pennies on a dollar, and you can ask. I want it to be all in. Leave your computers. Leave your desk. Leave your conference room. Leave the projector. Everything you did, leave it in there for me. I'm going to use it. So we're going to come back to this Dave Portnoy video here in a minute. Uh, uh, matter of fact, if you just want to play it right now, for, uh, if, since it's 30 seconds so the audience can see it, here's Portnoy coming back to the office. How, how stupid is this fucking company? Like, I bought it. Uh-huh. I've owned it back for less than 24 hours. It, what time is it right now? 945. 9.45. <clears throat> no, We've got a couple people back. over here. Two people. These motherfuckers don't show up. Only I'm only in the office for a fucking week. Their what mind. the fuck are these idiots this. doing? 9.45. Look at this. This yeah. is... 
You gotta be the dumbest motherfuckers in the world not to show up here. I gotta be there early today. Wow. What fucking wow. idiots? Broke every idiots. HR, you know, rule out there, but respect to him as a founder for doing that. Well, is he based in that. New York? Is that where yeah. they're based out of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How is this still a thing? Even in New York, how is still work, Dude, work from home still a thing? Oh, uh, <laughs> they like the Biden administration basically said COVID was done what in May. Oh, we all knew it was done yeah. well before that. How is this actually still a thing? And then he did a video. He did a follow video back where he yeah. just has a camera set up and he's doing the time of everybody coming in. Eight forty. I love that. Nine o'clock. By the way, ten thirty. I freaking love it. Good. That. It's you, his you, company. You, you know. You know what idea I would. Well, Anyways, I, well, so, so you know how there's this thing called Glassdoor? Okay. What's Glassdoor? Yeah. For people to go out and write about you, the company, mm -hmm. okay? Or Yelp is you, the business. Uh, Where is there a Glassdoor for employees? Very right. true. Where is there a Glassdoor for employees? If you're listening to this, if I had less businesses we were running, we would develop that software and technology so everybody is being talked about. But there's many employees that are absolutely terrible employees that should get their glass door ratings to be out there where people realize if I'm hiring this guy, this guy doesn't come to the office on time, doesn't do this, doesn't do that. There needs to be a rating on them. So this is a great example of a founder that's sitting there saying, what the hell are you guys doing at 935 not coming to the office? I respect what he's doing. And um, I, would, I would assume for a guy like that, either the guy's going to show up, some of them are going to say screw you and go talk shit about him. But a guy like Dave Portnoy, he ain't going away anytime soon. He's going to be around for a long time to come. By the way, very happy he's back to run Barstool because, to me, Barstool doesn't make sense without Dave Portnoy. It's a brand that's very much together. It's great to see him being back. Uh, before we go into the Barstool story and the biggest endorsement Ron DeSantis got, I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, your Masterworks gang. At this point of the game, there's a couple things I want you to be thinking about. Uh, I've, I've done very for, for, uh, for myself on alternative assets. I'm not talking about real estate. I'm not talking about stocks, bonds, mutual funds, crypto. I've owned all of that stuff. I've owned gold. I own precious metals, all of those things. But when it comes down to alternative assets, I'm at a Goldman Sachs event, and, and our folks in, uh, uh, what do you call it, Miami, Art Basel, the entire conversation was about how many of these mm -hmm. people are investing into expensive art, you know, $5 million, $10 million. The other day you see a story about Jamie Dimon's art collection. Rob, if you can pull this up. Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan, you know how big his art collection is? He's got a $900 million art collection. Damn. Jamie Dimon. Why does he have a $900 million art collection? Now, somebody may say, well, I don't have that kind of money. I totally get it. I didn't start off with a lot of money either. What Masterworks allows you to do is to buy shares in art like Picasso, Banksy, you know, whatever Warhol that you may not be able to afford to buy $600,000. You can buy 10 shares in it, five shares in it. I love the work these guys are doing. Uh, at this point in the game, I think they have 790,000 users with $800 million of assets under management. If you want to participate with these guys, uh, go to masterworks.com forward slash uh, uh, is it Valuetainment uh, Wrap? Is it forward slash Valuetainment? I think it's forward value slash PBD Podcast. Okay, got it. So uh, masterworks.com forward slash PBD Podcast. Once again, masterworks.com forward slash PBD Podcast and study what they're doing. Everything is regulated. Like when I buy baseball cards, they're all graded. These are graded art. So if anything happens fraud-wise, it's on them because you're protected there. So again, go to masterworks.com forward slash PBD Podcast. We'll put the link below for you as well having said that tom what's going on with uh, uh pen 
and and uh, and the structure with what uh, Dave Portnoy did. I'm going to go to page five here. Read this. I'm going to give it uh, hand it over to you. So again, Dave Portnoy, Penn ESPN deal allows Barstool Sports founder Portnoy to buy it back for ready one dollar <laughs> to buy it back for a buck. Dave Portnoy acquired it back for dollars from Penn. For dollar from Penn Entertainment ESPN deal after having initially sold it for five hundred million dollars, the move was seen as a strategic step to ensure the company's long-term viability with Portnoy's anticipating two or three more decades of success. Penn Entertainment has previously acquired 30, 36% stake in Barstool Sports for $163 million in 2020 and later completed the acquisition by buying the remaining shares for $388 million. A subsequent 10-year $2 billion agreement with ESPN led to the remaining renaming of Barstool Sports as ESPN bet, Portnoy acknowledged respect for the Penn team while highlighting the content limitations posed by regulated industries. Tom, a buck, $500 million to a buck. What happened here? Okay, let's dive in because the headline is Entrepreneur Buys Company Back for $1. And everybody goes, wow, how did that happen? Well, it's not what it seems. So once upon a time, Penn Entertainment, as you just said, bought 36%, then they bought the rest. So now they own 100% of Barstool Sports. Step one. Step two, they said, let's get into OSB, right, which is online sports betting. DraftKings has about a 35% market share. FanDuel has about a 30% market share. MGM and Caesars each share about a 25% market share. ESPN's wanted to be there because over the last five years, what have we seen? The sports leagues have warmed up. Remember when they thought that DraftKings and um, uh, FanDuel were radioactive? We can't have betting logos on the outside of, of the outfield walls and in football stadiums. Remember they were all yep. nervous about this? We can't have gambling that close to it. Well, you're, you're ordaining fantasy sports. We're making happy bets between guys. Now you're just doing the full thing. So the leagues warmed to this, which meant that OSB was growing like a freight train. Last year, it was $1.6 billion. Five years ago, it was barely $400 million. So online sports betting running. What does that have to do with Barstool? Penn bought Barstool to create the Barstool Sportsbook, which they successfully created. But when they went door-to-door to regulators in every state, now, Pat and I know what this is about because in insurance, you have to go door-to-door in every state for a thing called the DOI, Department of Insurance. Well, there's similar departments regulating gambling in the states where it's legal, where it's not just legal at Indian casinos. It's legal throughout the state. They start going door-to-door, and they're like, you have a compliance problem. What's a compliance problem? These Barstool guys have like nine podcasts. They talk about fantasy. They talk about was the game fixed? Was the ref high? You can't be saying that with your left hand if you're running a sports book with your right hand. You follow? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they kept telling Penn. They got into, um, I think it was Pennsylvania they got into. They kept trying to get into Michigan. Michigan gave them a hard time. So what Portnoy is saying, content limited posed by regulated. So Penn is pulling its hair out because it can't get into OSB and get the licenses in the other states. So what does it do? It's looking for somebody that wants to get into OSB, maybe somebody who's restructuring, laying off talent, looking for new revenue, ESPN. And so they go to ESPN and they said, hey, I got an idea. I give you $100 million of this a year, and that was the $1.5 billion they did. So for 10 years, there's a billion, and a $500 million in warrants, in other words, to buy more. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you ESPN $1.5 billion. We'll rename this 
ESPN bet, which you would never have thought would have happened no. five years ago. But now ESPN's in OSB. And the regulator said, okay, well, listen, I'll look at your application if you have a more controlled ESPN brand. But what are you doing about these barstool guys? Penn said, I'll be right back. And they went to Dave Portnoy and said, Dave, buy your entire company back for a dollar. On all the corporate docs, you have 100% control and you have a... And it's all you. We do not own. We're not on the board. We're not there. However, I need you to accept and sign this option agreement that says if you ever sell the company, you'll give me 50% of the wow. proceeds. Smart. In exchange, you can't say anything about me, and there has to be a non-compete that you'll never work with any other OSBs. You understand? So they can never do gambling. Yeah. So Barstool Sports can talk fantasy all day long, but they can't disparage Penn or ESPN, and they have things they need to do. So if Portnoy ever God. sells, he gives them 50% of the money. But far as the regulators are concerned, that $1 decouples Penn from Barstool so they and new BFF, ESPN, can go to all the regulators because they want a slice of it. So did Portnoy get control of his company and the full board and everything back? He sure did. But technically, you and I both know how equity works. Technically, Penn still is in for 50%. And if he ever sells, they get 50% of the money. But they they don't Let me talk get this out. Let me get this straight. So he can't do anything with gambling moving forward. No, he can talk fantasy sports, but he can't do OSB. At all. At all. The Barstool Sports book that we've seen in casinos yeah. goes away. New yes. signs will be up. What, so can you Google what percentage of the revenue was from the Barstool OSB? What percentage of the revenue did Barstool make from their OSB? It was relatively new, and they were only limited number of states. I don't have the dollars. Let's see if it's, Rob can find it. And, Tom, it's going to be called um, ESPN Bet now? Correct. Yeah. Got you. Yep. Wow. That's, I can't believe that they're going to do so, that. Portnoy does have full control, full creative control. He's got the board. He can do whatever he wants. He can't get into OSB. That's all it is. And he said, I'm not worried about ever having to give up half of the company. I'm never selling. Yeah. Yeah. I, would. I mean, go for it. Yeah, I just think for a larger context, um, I think the story. Oh, of there you go. So Barstool, I'm sorry. So FanDuel yeah. accounts for 47% the national OSB. Parent company Flutter said Wednesday with DraftKings and second amongst 35%. Barstool Sportsbook market share is roughly 5%. That, Tom, that 5% is still a lot of money, though. That's so correct. For them that to have 5%, now, that's gone? No, yeah. Barstool loses that. That is now Penn and ESPN bet have Got 5% it. of so, the market. Mm -hmm. so, it's, so it's almost like somebody buying our insurance company and giving it back to us and saying, hey, Pat, I'm giving this insurance company back to you, but you can never, ever sell annuities again. Never. Annuities is not yours. That's the one touch. Uh, I don't care what you do with mm -hmm. security, stocks, insurance, you can't touch annuities. And I'm not on your board, Damn. but if you ever sell, Pat, this yeah. coupon right here says you got to give me half the money if you ever sell. Got it. Mm -hmm. I got it. Okay. I was so that's say how Penn's protecting itself to get its money back someday. But Portnoy said, I'm never going to sell so this until I die. How about, how about they have a $50 million EBITDA in a year? You know, he wants to pay himself $20 million. Penn can't say nothing. Nope. If he monetizes, it takes investors, or if he sells, they get something. So the 50% is only on sale. It's not on EBITDA every year profits. Correct. It's monetization. Good for Dave. So Dave it's got also, for, yeah, good. So both parties win. That's right. I actually think this is good, and they're hedging themselves. They're going after the bigger victory for themselves. They're betting on someone that's going to make him more money than Barstool, okay? So they're bidding on a corporation instead of a founder. This is when the founder, Portnoy, has got to go prove to the market, you thought I was going to make money just with your betting stuff? Watch what I do 
here. Mm. This is why I gotta, you got to love Capitals. And then it's going to be a good show next five, ten years. And by the way, if you're DraftKings or you're FanDuel, are you sweating this morning? Of because course. now ESPN has been given a, a Green you know, $100 million a year and a very capable partner very with Penn mm-hmm. to go after that market. I just love that he goes in the office and now he's like, everybody get your ass to the office. I'll just add that I I actually really appreciate the trajectory of of Barstool. So it was founded in 2003, right? Everyone thinks that it hit the internet in 2012, 2013, Instagram. Founded in 2003 uh, in a little town in Massachusetts outside of Boston. Uh, Jewish kid, Portnoy, by the way. Really? Yeah, there you go. You know, those Jews and that money. Um, Oh. so I think it's just really impressive. So 20 years later, so what, what happened? 2003, he starts this. It's a little newspaper. They're talking fantasy football. They're Interview talking gambling. Yep. It's just a little thing, whatever. Boom, the internet happens. They, they, basically 2007, they, I think they take it to AOL. They're on the internet. Boom, 2012, 2013, they're hitting Instagram. Boom, Saturdays are for the boys. Everybody knows that, Tom. And they just start blowing up, and their content is just cutting edge. It's awesome. It's funny. It's hilarious. It's more than just sports. It's pop culture. Hot chicks. All right. All good. And, you know, to see 20 years later where they're at is really impressive. And, and they're obviously making a bet on him for another couple decades. So I think the, to circle back to this, you know how they say one bite, everybody knows the rules? Yeah. For yep. sure. One dollar. <laughs> yeah, Penn Gaiman knows the rules now, homie. What's also very interesting is there's an evolution point there for Dave Portnoy that I thought was brilliant. From about 2017, 2021, they had their own channel, Channel 85, on Sirius. And they were programming it mm-hmm. 24-7. So they had our programs, 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 all kinds of things. And when that deal clunked in 21... That's where the rest of their podcast came from. They converted all of those radio shows to podcasts. So that's what made Barstool Sports suddenly one of the largest podcast publishers. And that's where the Pardon My Take came. And that also is where they kind of hit some bumps. He found Caller Daddy, right? That's their podcast. That's right. And yeah, he had, a, and like many media companies, some of his talent became free agents. Right. Um, Caller Daddy became a free agent. She went somewhere else. And uh, also, actually, there were two of them. One of them jumped off the show, and then the other yeah. one went by herself. And then the uh, other one was um, he was doing a live show at the Super Bowl in 2017, and he had Pat McAfee simultaneously announce he was retiring as a punter and starting the Pat McAfee show, and he was on Barstool for two years, and then he went off, and he just got, I think it's $30 million a year from a ESPN, fan, fan, ESPN yep. uh, sponsored by FanDuel, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. Mm. So Portnoy is... It's a beautiful evolution. If you only see the guy that's raiding pizzas and being rough around the edges, you know what? That is a facade. And inside there, there's a very, very shrewd guy. And his CEO, Eric Nardini, is not to be trifled with. Really so, impressive people. So let's let's go to this here. I'm going to transition into this, which is fantastic. Okay. So, Rob, do me a favor, Rob. Can you pull up the chart of what streaming and cable did? Not this one. The other one that Brandon texted you. What streaming and cable did just last year. Okay, last year, July of 2022, was a very historic month. Here's why. That was the month where officially streaming, Rob, if you can go back on the screen, that was the month where streaming passed up. No, no, you go back where you are. You're good. I'm just saying put your mouse on. The, yeah, right there. Okay. That is the month where streaming passed up cable. So if you look at cable, it was going down. Uh, uh, this is a two-year chart from 21 to 22. It went down, it went down, and went down. So, boom, it hits 34.4%, and streaming goes up to 34.8%. Now, before you go to the other one, let's stay here. A year later, 
to see where streaming goes and where cable drops, how big of a difference would you think would happen? Just one year. If you go to the next chart that the chart that the reports just came out with is the following. When you go here, you now see wow. streaming went to 38.7. So the lead they had was only 0.4%. They go to 38.7 and cable drops to 29.6. What's the difference there? Roughly 9.1. The separation in one year. That means you're going from, you know, first quarter to second quarter. You got a, you know, touchdown lead. All of a sudden, you got a three, four touchdown lead in one quarter. Boom. So this goes to 38.7. At the top is what? YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, Prime, Disney, Max, Tubi, Peacock, Roku, all that stuff, right? Cable getting crushed. However, what is keeping cable? What happened? No, nothing. Yeah, what, what keeps, what's keeping cable in business? So watch. Rob, do me a favor. Uh, b- before we go to this, I want you to think about this. Three things. We're talking to our guys here yesterday. Uh, shout out to uh, Brandon Kelly and Elon. Phenomenal conversation we're having with these guys. And here's what we saw. The number one thing, the, the three things that are keeping cable in business. First thing is old folks listening, watching TV. Okay, They just want to go home and watch Fox, CNN, MSNBC. That's kind of how they get their news. No problem. Okay. And there's a timeline to that. You know, I'm 44 years old. I'm not living forever, okay? So old folks are not going to be around forever when they're watching what they're watching. Number two is sports, okay? So cable for the longest time has always had sports. Football, mm-hmm. soccer, baseball, you know, basketball. We watch NBA on TNT. Right? We watch, we consume sports. So what's happening with sports lately? Sports teams are now saying, I'm going to do it myself. And not only that, streaming companies are now offering money to who? Sports deals and yeah. saying, hey, bring NFL to us. We're Amazon. Bring yeah. this to us. So Cable's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We thought our only competition was DirecTV, and now DirecTV's running out of money. But you guys can't pick this up to streaming. Why would anybody want to watch streaming? And Tom, who one day said, I said, dude, i got to watch this game. Tom, how am I going to be able to watch this game? He says, Pat, go on Hulu. You can watch a baseball game on your phone. I said, what are you talking about? I'm younger than Tom. But when it comes to technology, Tom's younger than me. Yeah. So I, I'm like, Tom, show me how to do this. I go on home. I'm like, are you kidding me? You mean to tell me I can watch the game? I said, yeah, Pat, just watch it here. Do uh, you remember this conversation you and I had? Because cable went out in your neighborhood. Yeah, because cable went out of my neighborhood. Brilliant. So I'm watching this. I'm like, sick. On your phone and your iPad but, at HD. But, but this is the last one. Let me tell you what the last one is. I want to ask this question. You guys all know the answer to this question, except for Rob. All right. We had dinner last night, and we had a good conversation about this. Folks, if you're watching this, what percentage of cable TV do you think their advertisement comes from Big Pharma? What percentage, Rob? I'm actually curious to know for people to answer this. And you want Rob to know, too. I, Rob, Rob gonna guess. don't look it up. Don't I want you Rob. to guess. What, do you, what okay. do you think the number is? What percentage of cable TV advertisement you think comes from Big Pharma? I'd like to see what the chat has to say as well. Yeah, well, by the they, way. they Googled yeah. it already. They got the answer. They're, yeah, so, guys, don't if you had to randomly guess, Rob, how I'd much I'd say above 60, so 60 to 70%. Go Google it now and see Google what percentage it. of advertisement money for cable comes from Big Pharma. Wow. And, and wait till I drop this on you on, on what do you think is going to happen here next. If you can pull this up. Uh, uh, 
What's the number? 75% Rob. Oh my God. 75. And this is as of two months ago. Drug dealers. May 11, 2023 is the article. 75% is coming from drug companies. Mm, yeah, Pharma. So check this out. Let me break it to the cable folks that are giving all these big-ass contracts to people like ESPN and Fox and CNN and ABC. And a lot of these guys, to be honest with you, good for them for getting their money, but they're getting overpaid because they would have never made that kind of money in the podcasting game. Podcasting is hard. Cable is easier because you're going to have a script to read, teleprompter, 50 people handing you a piece of paper and research and 17 facts on a piece of paper. You don't have that when you're independent. This is why when you see a guy like Joe Rogan kicking everyone's ass, he doesn't have a research team. When he go to his office, you know what it is? It's him and another guy. Yeah. That's built a number one show and all these other podcasts you watch. Like, what the hell are these guys doing? Yeah. Moral of the story. Here's a moral of the story that's getting me fired up. You ready for this? I'm ready. You ready for this? Let's go. Hey, if you talk to any presidential candidate, not that I'm going to be talking to any of them, but if we do. You never know. We ask the question. Just throwing it out there. You know what the question and the commitment I want to get? have. <laughs> Here's the question I want to get from them. Hey, Mr. Presidential Candidate. Yes. Um, out of nearly 200 countries worldwide, only two of them allow for big pharma to advertise. Which world are those? It's New Zealand and the United States. Interesting. Which is kind of strange, and a lot of American people are starting to ask the question, why is it that mm-hmm. only 1% of countries in the world allow for pharmaceutical companies to advertise, us in New Zealand. Are you trying to say folks in Japan are dumb? <laughs> are you trying to say folks in Germany are dumb? Or Mexico, or Canada, or even some of these socialist companies that you admire, countries that you admire? Venezuela. You know, well, how about China? Why don't they allow big pharma to advertise? Isn't it deeply concerning to you? Well, it is. What if, moving forward, are you willing to agree as a president that if you become a president, you will no longer allow Big Pharma to advertise on cable TV. And if this candidate, there's one candidate that I know for a fact would say yes, and he'd run with it. You know what his name is. His initials are DJT. Okay. Do you know what happens if Trump runs with this? Let me break it down for you. If 75% of cable is getting their money from Big Pharma, and they all supported vaccine, and they all supported us taking the vaccine over and over and over and over again, They said, moving forward, you can no longer do it. Especially, you know why this could happen today? Because this happened after COVID. And people don't trust pharma today. They don't trust CDC today. They don't trust the government today. And they don't trust the mainstream media today. The lowest it's ever been. They don't trust it today. If the president said, you know what? Moving forward, guess what? We're not doing this no more. Big pharma's out. This means 75% of mainstream media companies are gone overnight. Wow. Overnight. CBS, ABC, NBC, CNN. ESPN, CNN, Fox, go to Fox, Bye. commercials, MSNBC. Their budget is gone. So these guys, that are, they're able to pay them all this money. They're not paying them the money. Pfizer's paying them the money. Mm-hmm. All these big in, in, in pharmaceutical right. companies are paying them money. Now that they're not getting the money, they're going to go to the talent and say, listen, man, I know paying you $6 million. We kind of got to bring that to $1.5 million. What? $6 million is what I've been getting paid. I've been living in this $10 million house. You want me to get out of this house? We can't pay you that anymore, bro. We can't. I'm going to leave. Well, then no, go do a Moderna's podcast. been paying you that. Then it's going to be, well, go, go leave. Where am I going to go? I'm going to go to CBS. They also have the same problem. I'm going to call NBC. They also have this. Let me call my manager. I'm going to call my manager from WME. Hey, Johnny. He was laid off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so the moral of the story here is all of this stuff that's going on, 
Uh, you're going to see what it's going to go down to. Here's what it's going to go down to. It's going to go down to who can sell, who can perform, who can get eyeballs, who can get subscribers, who can keep creating content that's exciting, sexy, interesting, who keeps recreating themselves. Because those who don't, this dinosaur, caveman model of how the media is ran, protected by Big Pharma, will be destroyed overnight. If a courageous president has the brass to say, moving forward, Big Pharma can no longer advertise. The big brass, Pat, but don't, uh, don't you think like his life expectancy is going to drop a little bit lower because of Big Pharma? Big Pharma, you don't play games with them, bro. I don't know if anybody... Have you ever seen the movie Michael Clayton? I know it's a, it's a movie, but these people have... People working for them that don't... Pat, Pat, you're going after trillions and trillions of dollars. You know what I mean? You don't think that's going to piss people off in that, in that industry? So here, here's... Uh, the question isn't about pissing them off. The, the pissing them off is, of course, going to happen. Yeah. yeah. How many movies you got like the Michael Clayton? Aaron Brockovich, you know, Michael Clayton. Remember the movie back in the days, Thank You for Smoking, which yeah. the guy's going around talking about Great Philip Morris. Movie. Great movie. Phenomenal mo movie. Why smoking is okay for you. Smoking is yeah. not bad for you. Why are you. And the guy acted so well. The same guy from Batman, right? He's the one guy that played in Wonder Woman. Aaron... Whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. good looking guy. Oh, he played Aaron in Eckhart. Batman where half his Aaron face Eckhart. was burned. Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. 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 So, so it's a great movie, but someone's got to have the audacity to do it because. If you don't, look, guys, look, let, me, let, me, let me read this story to you. Check this out. Heart attacks at record levels after pandemic. This is the Telegraph story, page 15. What do you mean heart attacks at record level after the pandemic? So what page is that on, Rob? Six. Page six? Okay. Heart attacks at record level after the pandemic. Top of six. Uh, pa, 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 there you go. Okay, there thank you. you. Got there it. There you go. Um, so here we go. Record numbers of post-pandemic heart attacks hospitalizations exceeded 84,000 uh, cases in England for 2021-2022, making a 7,000 case increase. Underlying delayed uh, detection concerns, says official data. A new uh, NHS campaign pushes early uh, action, urging individuals to dial 999 when encountering heart attack symptoms like chest uh, tightness and sweating. Aiming for better survival odds, emphasizing Professor uh, Nick uh, Linker, NHS National Clinical Director for Heart Disease. Every moment that passes during a heart attack increases heart muscle damage. Please call 999 so you have the best chance to a full recovery. A 250 million pound NHS funding boost for winter with plans to not, for 900 extra beds seeks to address pandemic, including service disruptions and heart, higher heart-related deaths while heart charities emphasize the urgency of timely care. Okay, mm -hmm. this is just in UK. These reports are coming out here. You saw the story of Caleb White, another 17-year-old kid, Tragedy. number three high school basketball player in Alabama, dies after collapsing on court. We just had LeBron's son went through that. Bronny, we were all looking forward to the day for him to play with his son. DeMar Hamlin. And, 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 the, and the, the, the World Cup female soccer player from, I don't know, Columbia or something mm -hmm. collapsed twice. How many uh, uh, people on the news? They're doing the news and Passing the lady drops. Out. Comedians dropping yeah. polit politically. So now, we don't know what it is. We want to know what it is. But what we do know, what's happened the last three years, people trust. Big Pharma less, people trust. The governments, let governments, plural, worldwide. Everywhere. Governments less. People trust. World Health Organization less. People trust. NIH less. CDC less. All of these guys less. And all people are saying is, listen, I'm sick and tired of just being seen as the sicker I am, the more money you make off of me. The more hospital beds are filled, 
the more money you make off of me. Yeah. Empty beds don't make hospitals money. We need hospitals to be full to make the hospital money. When you start looking at it from this angle, rather than the incentive being healthier you are, the better you do. Mm -hmm. A couple years ago, an insurance company came up to us that a program called Vitality. Okay, I don't know if you remember this time or not. Vitality. I think it was Hancock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Hancock yeah. is who yeah. was a good memory. So Hancock, you know what their memory, their, their their product was? Yeah, I remember that. We'll sell you an insurance policy, and if you wear this Fitbit, you're round. And a Fitbit reports back to our insurance company that you're moving your body and exercising. Your cost of insurance is going to decline every yeah. quarter or so. What a product. You're incentivizing people to not need their life insurance policy. Let me say that again. You're incentivizing. Uh -huh. The insurance company is flat out telling you, listen, man, I want you to live longer. Okay? Please exercise so you can live longer so I don't have to pay you the death benefit in case you die. And if you keep exercising and moving your body, I will charge you less for the insurance policy. That's what you call compassionate capitalism, where you're using it in a way to say, listen, let's keep hospitals emptier. I'm going to give, you know, a, a certain incentive for keeping people healthier. You know, you don't hear governors or presidents talking about, guys, start reading some business books. Start exercising. Stop eating at some of these places that's fast food. You don't hear those conversations. You, if I told you right now a president that talks about the border, you would say Trump. If I told you a president that talks about the number one world crisis in the world is white supremacy, you would say Biden. If I told you the biggest crisis in the world is climate change, you would think about AOC, Greta, or some of these guys. But if I told you, name me one political leader that talks about go read some damn books, go exercise, take care of your health, stop eating shitty food, you can't think about a candidate. Nope. You can't. Nope. Well, this is the incentive program. So going back to it, the enemy is real, but I think the other side, skeptical people are like, listen, man, it's about time we go address these guys. Well, I'll just say one thing. I can think of a candidate, and that would be RFK. Not, I mean, it was so like fascinating to watch the debate or whatever the potential debate that he had with the guy, Dr. Peter Hotez. Meaning you got, you got RFK, Yo, who's, who actually guy. admitted to taking the vaccine, but it says... It's okay to question the vaccine, especially the Operation Warp Speed and Rush Down the Pike and what's happening with that. But here you got this dude. How old is he? 70? 65? Just Jack, Jack, Jack Diesel working out. Then you've got Dr. Peter Hotez, vaccine advocate. I'm telling you, under that white coat, it ain't looking good. It ain't Confessed looking pretty. fast food addict. Exactly. So, you know, it, ultimately, what, it, what does it come down to? Are you going to be proactive about your health or are you going to be reactive? Hospitals, you know, what did we call it yesterday? A hotel for sick people. Unless those beds are not filled, yeah. basically the vacancy, they're not making any freaking money. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, what did we learn during COVID? Just take the jab, take the vaccine, Shut don't up. ask any questions. Yeah. Nobody was saying, bro. Get the fuck outside, yeah. work out, get some sun, eat healthy, stay active, sweat. But that's the mess. But there's no money in that. Yeah. Who makes money? The gyms. Okay. Fitness instructors. That's awesome. But that ain't big pharma. That's not their business model. That's how they make their money you, you know, with sick people. You know, you and I are in the insurance business. And Tom, you're an insurance executive. I mean, we can call you an insurance executive. It's, you know, uh, have you been a president and a CSO of an insurance company? I was yeah. adopted by the industry. <laughs> so when the questions I'm an ask, executive too. when the questions ask about life insurance, how to get even with a life insurance company, you know, my mm -hmm. statement always don't cancel your policy. Yeah. What do you mean? Don't die. Don't cancel. No, no, yeah. no. Don't cancel your policy. What does that mean? Don't cancel your policy because the insurance company banks on eventually you canceling your policy. Yeah. Hmm. And when you do, that premium goes to who? The insurance company. The insurance company yeah. gets it. Okay? 
So, but if you keep your policy mm-hmm. and you eventually die, they have to pay out. Got so it. if you want to get even with the insurance company, buy your policy, never cancel. That is the wisest thing you can do. Because what happens with insurance companies is you buy an insurance policy, a 2008 crisis happens, a COVID happens. What's the first thing people cancel? Insurance policy. What they don't realize, the insurance policy you got, you got it when you were 33 years old, healthy, and it was good. You got approved. So you prefer to leave. Your paying cost of insurance is nothing. But a crisis happened, and now you canceled it. Say you were paying 100 bucks a month. I'm just using basic math. Now you're 43 years old. Okay, you got a wife and three kids, and you're like, I got to go out there and get an insurance policy. Well, now you're older, you're sicker, you're not healthier. Now your insurance policy is no longer 100 bucks a month. Now you got to pay two, three, four hundred, whatever the number is going to be, depending on based on your health. So, but people cancel it. If you keep it, you're going to be healthy. We need more policies that say, look, let's incentivize people that don't use health insurance. Let's give credit to people that take care of their health. Give them a tax incentive every year where you're not going to the doctor all the time, where you are keeping a certain weight on your body and all this stuff. Let's give incentives for staying healthy. If we could do that, we have a better society. We can easily increase our life expectancy. We can easily increase our lifestyle. We can do those types of things. But those types of policies don't make money. Exactly. And Pat, it's funny you say that because, you know, being a veteran just like you, you, I got my car insurance through USAA, and they have this thing that you could add. It's called Safe Pilot. So the app is tracking no matter yeah. – if you're driving, Pat, and you pick up your phone, it docks you. If you're talking like this, if you're a speaker. Mm-hmm. So now I'm trained now to where I'm like, if it ain't important, I'm not on my phone. 30% I get discount no. per month because I'm not on my phone talking, driving, and, and being right. unsafe. Ultimately, so you're, you're talking about rewarding people who 100%. are driving safe yep. or being healthy, being healthy. And, and doing all that. And obviously, I won't go here, but obviously I can talk for days about – people canceling their life insurance policies that's my business model but uh, especially if in your 30s 40s 50s even 60s keep that policy as you get older it gets way more expensive especially if you're trying to qualify for insurance yep let's go to the endorsement that uh, ron DeSantis got which is a legendary endorsement he should put this on the wall by the way somewhere in his office (laughs) and he should brag about it at the uh uh uh, campaign anywhere he's going where he's talking he should bring this up here we go ready Hillary Clinton Uh says Ron DeSantis is pathetic and just trying to get some attention. (laughs) When Hillary Clinton says something like that about you, that is an endorsement. That's how I would take it. Hillary Clinton criticized uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis describing his proposal to grant presidents uh, more control over the Department of Justice as pathetic and attention-seeking. During an MSNBC interview with Rachel Maddow, she commented he's promising anything to try to get some attention. It's kind of pathetic, isn't it? DeSantis has previously questioned the independence of agencies like the DOJ stating you can't say that you're independent and hands-off, that uh, that's not the way the system is designed. His press secretary affirmed this commitment to ensuring uh, uh, accountability and justice and law enforcement agencies. The discussion also touched on the Republican Party's embrace of partisan policy, politics within law enforcement, prompting Clinton to express worries about democracy and the rule of law, particularly given the lingering influence of Trump. Uh, Vinny, mm-hmm. thoughts on this? I just I, like is it just me or and I want to know from the from the people and you guys too. Are you guys tired of like this Hillary Clinton? Get it that nobody gives a damn what you're saying, and she just won't go away. You know what I'm saying? She was on the Rachel Maddow show, and they were, and besides this one, besides the DeSantis, they were laughing. These two were laughing. The two of the biggest liars about Trump and the indictments and how happy she is. Meanwhile, she is the biggest getting away with cheating and murder person I've I've ever met in my life. And like, 
like when when is enough going to be enough? And she just keeps popping out of the woodwork, and nobody just go away. She would love to run if there's any opening. She would do anything. Oh why, my god! Why would here's my question, Pat? Why wouldn't she? Okay, why would why why isn't she running this time around? Why why isn't she going for the gusto? I'm with her and all those bumper stickers. Why why isn't she running? Oh, how do you know she's not? Are you sure? What I'm saying to you is never underestimate a person that since they were in the womb, they wanted to be the president of the United States. Never. She looks at herself as the world leader. She looks at herself as an emperor, as a president, as the queen. Her identity is that. Now, whether you like it or not, that is her identity. She's convinced she's above you and everybody else, and she knows what's best to run the world. That's how she views herself. She looks at everybody as beneath them. Everybody. Anybody and everybody she looks at, including her, anybody. She says, yeah, I'm, I'm beneath, you're beneath me. I know what's best. That's how she views herself. When you're like that, any opportunity. So the strategy would be, if you go right now run against Biden, you're going to look like an idiot. She wouldn't run right like, like do what RFK does. She's above that. She's better. That's, that's cheap stuff that RFK people would do in her eyes. Yeah. In her eyes. She's more strategic. Behind closed doors, get a couple favors, use the DOJ, which, you know, she's, you know, she's in to with. eliminate some candidates, and then she see if she gets, she gets in. There's certain people that are so deceptive that you should never, ever count them out on how they gain power. She's one of those people. And the superdelegate game that she knows how to play behind the scenes, which is sort of a rigged part of the DNC. And I go back to 2008. You could almost just change the words here. Hillary Clinton, 2008. Just visualize this instead of pathetic. Barack Obama is inexperienced and just trying to get some attention. This has been her playbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so was, last time she said that, that guy became the president. He did okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be uh, the case this time with our friend, uh, Governor DeSantis. Just to circle back to that. No, but it is her playbook. That's how she works. Thanks, Tom. Um, I Just to circle back to the whole premise is this. This is great marketing campaign uh, for DeSantis. We, we all saw the commercial uh, about the trans family that was leaving Florida yeah. for greener pastures. He should use that to his advantage. Yeah, okay. We, you know, everything I've done in Florida. So if you're trying to win a Republican primary, what's more helpful to you than going to battle with Hillary Clinton if you're Ron DeSantis? So I actually think this is a net positive for him in the Republican primary. And his numbers have been fading and fading and fading. You know, it was six months ago he was neck and neck with Trump. Now it's it's not even close. So he maybe fi- this helps. Him. Pat, did he did he did he fire his marketing person and hire a new person? I think he fired his uh, chief of staff. The third? Oh, uh, 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 yeah. It's it's, it's not it's not, not good. It's not a good look on what's going on over there. And by the way, in New Hampshire, can you pull up New Hampshire polls? Can you can you pull up New Hampshire polls? I think in New Hampshire polls, he's officially behind Chris Christie. Oh, boy. in New Hampshire, if you guys haven't mm-hmm. seen this. Uh, uh, pull this up to see. Uh, uh, let's see if that shows up or not. And if you're standing behind Chris Christie, nobody can Polls, see. Polls, <laughs> watch this. Polls put. That's a good point, Tom. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Very scientific. That's interesting. Polls, I like this. Polls put Christie second to Trump in New Hampshire's as DeSantis fades. Yeah, go a lower. Dude, that's not Zoom a good out sign, a little bit bro. to see what. Oh, it doesn't let you get there. I'm actually. I, I would like to see where DeSantis is in Iowa. I'm not shocked that Christie is doing well in the Northeast. Everyone in New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, they kind of they, they're familiar with him. He'll pull well there. I'd like to see what the stats are in Iowa because that is the first state, correct? Show that nine percent likely. What would you put? No, I'm sure Christie to the Republican nominee, eight percent to Christie. Okay, yeah, let's go look at Iowa. What's Iowa mm-hmm. look like? Do you have RCP real clear politics, Rob? I think it'll let you pull everything. 
real clear politics. Yeah. Election yeah. 20 up at the top. Yeah. I would assume that DeSantis is doing way better in Iowa than he's doing in Trump, New Hampshire. DeSantis, Trump, Scott, DeSantis. Okay. Money. Punch in on that, buddy. Tim Scott. National, national Trump's at 54%. Dude, DeSantis is at 14. Ramaswani, 6.7. Pence. Wow. Ramaswani has cleared Pence. Wow. Former vice president. Well, you highlighted it. He's lost. He's the only, he's the only candidate, only that's, candidate lost that's lost Twitter, Twitter followers in seven months. You got wow. Iowa Pence. where. Really? Where, you got Iowa where it's a little bit closer than the national average. Where DeSantis is at 17, Trump's at 44, and then uh, and and this is after this indictment. How, how recent well. is this, Adam? How recent is this? Uh, this is this today. Ask Ask Malik over uh, here. Hey, Malik, these are these yeah, are comments. This, oh, as of, this as is today. as of a week ago. RCP uh, this week. does compilations. Go, go back That's to New Hampshire. This is as of today. Yeah. And then all right. So then DeSantis. So well, DeSantis apparently is doing better than Christie in New Hampshire. And Pat, not to shift gears. So. Uh, Trump, th these indictments that are happening, Trump's numbers are actually, they, they went up, correct? Mm -hmm. They actually went up. So my thing is the left is doing, because apparently he could still run even if he's arrested or felon or whatever. What is their angle <clears throat> to boost him up like this because they think he's easier to beat than whoever would be behind him? I mean, obviously look at the numbers. Nobody's voting for anybody else. Why is this up. show in New Hampshire, DeSantis ahead, and that article, all these articles are saying that these are These are compilation polls from Real Clear Politics, and what you're seeing yeah. is the first poll of the week, just which correctly poll. is pointing out that there's a shift going on. It might just be one poll. What's interesting, let's see this general election matchup. How much do you trust this source, Tom? Just high, low, medium? Real clear politics is 10 to 14 days behind the actual momentum that's in the market, but they compile everything, and if you were to click through on this. So do you trust them or not? They've been more right than wrong. Okay. So, I trust so them what point is we'll use this as a source? Where's the general election looking? So Where's general, the generals? So it looks Biden's. like it's a dead heat with Biden and Trump. Yeah. 44 44. Yep. Uh, looks like Biden is doing better uh, than DeSantis, 44 to 42. And then what is it? It, it? it took the time to see how Trump would do against Kamala Harris, 46 42. But uh, here's what I can guarantee I, I'm going on the record stating this it's going to be October. It's likely to be Trump Biden. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what we're going to hear from the news is race is too close to call. You know, it's going down to the wire, right? We got to see what's going on in the three battleground states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Georgia. And this stat right here has Biden and Trump at a dead heat 18 months out. And that, it just boggles. Not my even mind. 18 months out. What are we? We're 14 months out. It just boggles my mind that like still with everything that's happening yeah. with crime, border, Ukraine, Every, I'm, that's just a short list. People are still like, I still, you know, I don't want somebody that's going to rock the boat. And they just want this sick, senile, perverted, yeah. kid, kid sniffing. Like, it drives me insane that people still haven't I'm not, woken up to what's happening. I'm not shocked whatsoever. Every you're election. You're not shocked? Every, no, I'm just I saying every election stupid. goes down to the wire. So if you're expecting something different, Ugh. that's a definition of insane. I think if, they, when, if, if it is him, which it looks like it is, he should show up in an orange jumpsuit and be like, orange is the do orange, and that's how I would debate if I was drunk. <laughs> show up orange and be like, what are you going to do? Like, just get well, and really put on the spray tan. He's going to show up orange regardless, whether he wears the 100%. suit. 100%. Yeah. All right, so let, since that's what you're talking about, let's talk about let's what go. happened here uh, with the indictment. Let's go mm -hmm. to Trump faces 76 and a half years in prison <laughs> Yeah, uh, in Georgia, 91 counts. 
717 and a half years overall. Man, these they, they think he's like a biblical guy. He lives like uh, to 700 years. Plus death penalty. Uh, 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 so former President Donald Trump could face up to 76. If he's convicted and receives a maximum of all sentences on 13 counts, he faces the indictment uh, uh, filed by Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fannie Wills late Monday night. Here are the counts. One violation of Georgia's RICO racketeering influence. By the way, this was for the mob, up to 20 years. Five uh, solicitations of violation of oath by a public officer, up to three years. Nine conspiracy to commit uh, impersonating a public officer. Eleven conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree. Thirteen conspiracy to commit false statement and writings. Conspiracy to commit filings, false statements. That's another five years. Conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree, seven and a half years. Conspiracy to commit false statements and writings, two and a half years. Filing false documents, 10 years. Solicitation of violation of of oath by public officer. False statements of writings. Solicitation of violation of oath by public officer. Another one. False statements and writing again. In addition, he faced 136 years and 34 counts in New York case. 450 years and 40 counts in uh, the Miami case. Oh, my God. 55 years and four counts in the federal case in D.C. And (laughs) Trump could face up to 717 years in prison. The latter charge in D.C. also includes the possibility of death penalty. Pat, first of all, it's comical at this point. But you know what? (laughs) Trump should have listened to Chuck Schumer. Remember Chuck Schumer warned him? The Department of Justice has seven ways a Sunday to get you. And let's just all be clear. Trump didn't try to overturn an election, Pat. He was just suspicious that the left was trying to cheat again. Okay? They were cheating in 2020 with the whole FBI, like, stopping the Hunter Biden story and all that stuff with Joe Biden. Hillary Clinton cheated in 2016 when she tried to undermine the election with the whole Russian collusion. And you know what pisses me off about out of this, the, the worst, Pat, is that the Republicans. I'm sick and tired of people like Kevin McCarthy, uh, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates. All they're doing is barking. If you watch all these judiciary hearings from anything, from the indictments to COVID to everything, they're the biggest sitting there barking and saying they're going to do this. And how many whistles have to be blown? How many whistleblowers? How many smoking guns need to be found, Pat, till they actually do something? Nothing, nothing is going on. And that's why it keeps bringing me back to the point that they're all on the same team. Republican, Democrat, same, same freaking team. One just barks, doesn't bite, and the other one is, is getting away with murder. And I just want, I hope that the independents out there are watching. If you don't see what's going on with Trump right now, you're either a sheep or you're like, you're just too dumb to understand what's going on. I, I keep staying to my theory, Tom, but you go first. I'll give mine after yours. So when I look at this, remember, we, we broke down, um, who was it, Alan Bragg in New York and how he had inflated everything. Remember that, Pat? We did on mm-hmm. a podcast. Yeah, people, Alvin Bragg. Yeah. Alvin Bragg and the DA of New York. And here's what's happening here. Take away everything that says solicitation and conspiracy. Conspiracy says two guys were thinking about it, talking it over. Don't say they did it. And solicitation, there's a time and a place for that, and it's called Congress. The only thing you see here is that first count, violation of Georgia RICO Act. So you actually did something. Everything else here is just... Stuffing the turkey with bread. There's nothing really here except that one big count. And they are attempting to make everything seem better by adding up all these years. This would never happen. If you and me 
were indicted like this in Georgia, the 76 years would go down to a year and a half for RICO if we were convicted. This is just, this is fluff. They are fluffing and puffing up just like Bragg did in New York City. So when people hear about this, you have to realize just how politicized this is and what is really account here and what is really, oh, and also conspiracy, 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 seven of those, two, three solicitations. It's, it's ridiculous. Conspiracy and solicitation, even if you prove it, people go, okay, so Tom and Pat talked about doing something in the insurance industry. Did they do it? No, but it was conspiracy to commit, but they didn't actually do it. All right, well, why don't we give them both a $200 fine and get them out of here? That's what happens in these things. This is fluff and puff. This. How long do you think they've known they're going to be doing this? For a while. Oh, I mean, this is time. This is on a calendar in somebody's office. Hey, on Thursday, that's when we need but, to do but, it. But, Tom, honestly, like you're, you're a sharp guy. How long? Give me a timeline. Have they known they're going to be doing this for two years, for a year and a half? For, for one year, for six months. How long have they known they're going to be doing this? I would say probably a year and a half, because okay. six months after Biden's Perfect. inauguration, they knew he was politically having trouble. I'm guessing I, I, probably on the January, January 7th. 6th. Yeah, yeah. Uh, January 7th. That next day, I, they're I, like, yeah, I we're going to. I would gonna... say that, Pat, especially. Yeah. Okay, and so and, then... and, and bef- even before then, sorry, Pat. Even before then, because you had to figure out that they were going to go there and protest. I'd say a couple of days yeah. before, because then you had to have FBI agents inside the Capitol, outside, pushing people to make it become this thing, to have it come down okay, to this. Okay, so let me ask you. So yeah. these people that have been working on this for as long as they, you say they Years, have. Years, yes. Who, who are they loyal to? Are they loyal to, hear me out, are they loyal to uh, Biden? Are they loyal to Obama's? Are they lo- loyal to the party? Who, who are they loyal to? Or the country. It's definitely not the country. It's definitely who, not the country. They're they destroying the country. Who they, we look, we look in, this is the first time in the history okay. of America that this has ever happened with any president. And there's been a lot of stuff that's happened in the past before. This is not something that we practice to look this pathetic in front of the world. So who are they loyal to? Who's their loyalty? I mean, I would say besides well, the party. You can say the, somebody else, but who do you think their loyalty is to? I was going to say the devil, but that's, I, I want to I ask. I'm actually asking a serious question. It's a okay. serious question. Who do you think their well, loyalty is to? I, I'm not saying this is the case, but I would hope that their loyalty, especially if they're prosecutors and judges and DOJ, that their loyalty would be to the law. Okay. What do you think their loyalty is to, Tom? Uh, I, I think they're loyal to the Democratic Party. Okay. I agree. It's two district attorneys that have been put out there, and I don't think these DAs know that they're being played. History is going to have well, their name in the book. Do you think they're not anybody bigger? Do you think they're more loyal to the Constitution, to the law, or their political party? The well, cons to what? Exactly. The, port, the <laughs> yeah. party. So, but, uh, which case are you talking about? Because they're all wildly different. No, which case? Any case that they want to put this guy away. There's well, been... if you're talking Alvin Bragg in New York, or if you're talking the Mar-a-Lago thing, yeah, I'm with you. But the Georgia thing, I think, is totally different. You have a governor, Brian Kemp. You have the lieutenant governor. What was his name? It's like Katzenberg or something like that. These are Republicans. These were people that voted for Trump. You also have Mike Pence who was the bootlicking VP, who is the probably star witness in the January in, in January 6th thing. So I'm just I'm just saying that there's a nuanced conversation here. I don't think Brian Kemp is loyal to the Democratic I, I Party. I, okay, so let's stay there. Brian Kemp was even asked, if Trump is the nominee, will you still vote for him? He said yes. So you're right. Yeah. He did say, if Trump's yeah. the nominee, I'm still going to be voting for him. Mike Pence is a different story. If yeah. Mike Pence is truly about the Constitution and America, you know what would happen if Mike, Mike Pence was really that? His followership and popularity would go to the roof, but it hasn't. 
It hasn't from anybody. No. Okay? I mean, so, so then here's becomes. The motive becomes we want to get rid of this guy because he's going to come in and drain, drain the swamp. And guess what? Let's eliminate him. Okay? This is even the Georgia thing. It isn't anything that Clintons and others haven't done in the past before. Okay? But the, let's the only thing is it was on tape. That's yeah. the whole thing. To, to, no doubt. I mean, I'm sure the Biden have, was on tape saying yeah. if the prosecutor doesn't do this and it's the guy that his kid was getting money from the back and he's still our president of the United States mm-hmm. and no one. So so to compare Biden stuff to Trump, it's yeah. not even a comparison. Well, there are, even Nixon, the Watergate tape. Yeah. I mean, that's how but they get you. Here's where I'm going with it. The point I'm trying to make is the following point. If they've known for a while, Tom, that they're going to be doing this. Okay. If they've known for a while, Adam, I want you to think and play the devil's advocate here. Sure. So what percentage do you think that the people who are on the inside that know these things are coming and it's time because it's time perfectly. I was telling it to Russell Brand yesterday when I was on the show. I said, uh, you know, the whole thing, how every time Biden got in trouble, the exact next day Trump gets indicted three, four times. It's the same exact day. You have to be a dummy, naive, oblivious, or like you're happy they're doing that to say, no, there's no chance. This yeah. is uh, accidental. I run. No, bullshit. It's happened mo- many times. Okay. The timing is weird. Very. The, the timing is weird. So do you think the guys that know they're writing this up to destroy Trump, do you think by any chance they've spoken to DeSantis and knew some about it? Oh, wow. Good, good question. <laughs> I would say they've spoken to Newsom, but DeSantis knows. I would say, you would say they've spoken to Newsom, but DeSantis knows. What I'm saying is I think I think there's been like straight up conversations, but I think they would have probably worked to flow it to well, DeSantis. Go, go deeper. Like what kind of conversations? You're saying Oh, I think it's it's very subtle yeah. conversation. I think it's it's this kind of a conversation. Yeah. Let me kind of unpack it for you. We can role play for so, you. So 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 you got you got these guys that are doing it. Yeah. The people on the left know. So a person on the left that's a, you know, maybe a leader or, you know, exactly. I'll, I'll read this here in a minute with Natalie Ford. Those keeping score, 317 Hunter Biden admits laptop, 318 Trump indictment news. 68 FBI doc alleges Biden bribe, 69 indictment. 726 Hunter plea deal collapses, 727 indictment. 731 Devin Archer testified, 81. This four times back yeah. and then new one. Go to the bottom one on what she's got. Okay, 891 Biden bank records release, 811 DOJ, the special account. So we can go on and on and on and on. Uh, with these types of things that's happening. But here's where I'm going. So they know, hey, guys, we're about to drop the bomb, and we're going to destroy this guy. He will never have a career in politics. He'll be done, and he'll spend the rest of his life in jail. I'm talking about Trump here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm talking okay. I'm talking about what people on the left are Trump. saying, we're about gotcha. to do this to Trump. Yeah. Great. Got it. So a couple of the guys say, hey, you know what I want you to do? What? I'll give you a bone. Okay. Go whisper it to your guy, Ron, that don't worry about Trump. He's not going to be there at the end. It's his position. Go whisper this to him. You think so? Yeah, just go whisper it to him. Or indirectly. Well, listen, don't ever tell DeSantis this. I don't want him to know. It's a sign of what? Go tell him. Because exactly. you know, in that dirty world, whatever you say, don't tell, they go tell. Yeah. These are dirty people, right? Some of them that are in the dark sides of politics. So then a guy comes up but and says, hey. You mean all of them? It's I'm all not, I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying all of them. I actually do believe there are some good statesmen out there. It's very hard to be a good statesman. You have to realize in every space there's dirty people and there's statesmen. I'm convinced there's plenty of statesmen there too. But it's very hard to stay a true statesman over time. So then one guy comes. Hey, uh, listen. Um, you talk to one of DeSantis' right-hand guys. So look, just between us, I want to whisper this to you. But please don't say anybody that I said this to you. Da, 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 da. Here's what they're going to be doing to Trump. So it's going to be an open, you know, run for him. 
he's pretty much going to be the candidate. He has to lose it to not be the nominee. Oh, really? Yes. Then they come back and they say, hey, here's the news. Guess what? Take our time. We're launching the campaign. We don't have to be as aggressive going out there. Wait. Then defend him and say the fact that DOJ is going after him. Then defend him that this is not the right way to do because you'll seem like a hero and you're going to gain the MAGA crowd. What are the chances that that kind of a conversation has had where the news has been given to him to say, this is your opening because he's not going to be there at the end? What are the chances that a conversation? Yeah, it's possible. I would say possible. I think that because all these types of shady conversations are happening, no doubt. I, what I will say, so I'll agree with you, what I will see, if those conversations took, did take place, you know, follow the money, follow the numbers, it's not helping uh, DeSantis' campaign. No, but that's what they want. But, <laughs> His numbers are plummeting. But don't you think that's, that's but what that's they, not on that's not on them, though. That's on him. Yeah, but that, Correct. that's not on – that's not because you have to have the talent to get the eyeballs. And if you can't sell the dream of why you ought to be the candidate and you're just talking logical stuff and it's just policy, 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 so, you can't, you can't so, get the people. That, people. Then I'll go deeper. If there is that conversation happening, which I think – Maybe, Maybe we'll see. I think they're whispering it to everybody. Here, Pence, don't but, drop out of the race. This is what may happen. But hey, Governor Christie, stay in this thing. Hey, Tim Scott, you could be the first Black Republican president. Boom. But the, hey, Nikki Haley, I don't think they're just the, going to put all their chips on DeSantis but, if that conversations are happening. But they're brilliant. But, and I'm I'm going even further back. Those guys are what? not a threat, though. No, not Pence at all. Is not a threat. That's what I'm saying. So Pat, why would the Democratic Party want to do all this to Trump and say, Hey, Ron, you're gonna you're gonna be that guy? Because they know they could easily beat Ron because he hasn't done shit. Biden, Trump is the threat. Trump is the threat. And if you don't see the cheating, if we were all racing on Monday, Pat, and on Sunday, I know that you're my only challenge. It's me. I know. And I know that you're faster than me. You're, you're mm-hmm. shooing. If I knew cops and like maybe a judge, I'm like, hey, go, go arrest Pat. I'm going to go set him up. And that's cheating. They're cheating. They're taking the legs out of the number one guy because they want Ron. Do they want they, if it's oh, Biden? You're, you're saying that Ron DeSantis, uh, that Biden could easily beat Ron DeSantis. I think easily he'll beat Ron DeSantis. Oh, I fully disagree with you. You don't bro. think Joe Biden's good? I what think if he, Ron DeSantis what? was the candidate, I think he would whip up on Joe Biden. I don't think so at all. I don't. I, I think he's that's why young, they're getting he's Trump. vibrant. He's so, not exactly the mo- the best marketer. But you're going against Joe Biden, who's not a marketer at all. I fully disagree. I think DeSantis would whoop up on Biden. Then why are they why are they propping why are they getting rid of Trump because DeSantis is the next They're guy. They're just getting rid of Trump because they <laughs> want to get rid of Trump, regardless of but, who's next. But in as line. a plan, you would have to know that the number two guy is gonna. You know what I mean? They're gonna have yeah. to go against. That's a better fight for them, is DeSantis? Is that what you're saying? Like that's a that's a look. If you're looking at the general election matchups, which you just talked about ten minutes ago, Biden and Trump are still at a dead heap. I have a, 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 a and Biden and DeSantis are within two points. I want to believe what you're saying, Adam. I want to believe what you're saying, but I'm not convinced uh, DeSantis is going to beat Vivek. I'm not convinced DeSantis is going to be able to take Vivek out. I think Vivek is um, is is. And by the way, we're going to learn a lot about the debate. The first debate that's yeah. coming up on stage, we don't know if Trump's going to be there or not. When is it? Most Pat? likely, uh, 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 it's coming up like in in a week or so, okay. the twenty third. We don't even know if uh, uh, Trump's going to be on stage or not. But if Vivek comes out Mm -hmm. and he puts on a show and all of a sudden you see DeSantis drops off and Vivek goes up, you're going to be like, wait, what just happened here? That's pretty wild. That's number one. Can I say one thing about Vivek? I'll say 
That guy is an absolute beast. He's an absolute stud. But you're going to say what? His religion, Hindu, that we're not if, ready as for that? Run, running as a Republican, Christian, evangelical, you're telling me they're going to vote for a brown Hindu guy? We'll see about that. Okay. All right. If well, he was running as a Democrat, that guy would be the next Obama, no doubt. Vivek. Good point. I mean, good point. By, by the way, by the way, let's see. Okay? Let's see. You have to still be able to sell the dream. I think he's an and absolute And DeSantis doesn't know... Hasn't shown yet how to sell the dream. He sounds like a guy that's talking to you, that there's an element of I'm smarter than you and I'm better than you. And trust me, just, mm -hmm. you know, I and that doesn't a relate. A to little me. Hillary Clinton-esque. Yes, a little bit. It's just a one you trust. It's a one you trust more. It's a, it's a guy that I, I actually think he's got solid characters and values. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a... Good husband, good father, but he's also been wanting to be a president since the womb. He's been wanting to be a president for a long time. I put those two in. I don't think Trump's been wanting to be a president since day one. I think RFK just wanted to be his father's son and spend time with his dad, and his heart broken, devastated. 14 years of being addicted to drugs from 28 to 42. He's lived a hard life. The guy's lived a very weird life. Not saying he doesn't have the additional stuff, but where I'm going with this is the following. Yes, you know, if, if you truly are thinking... DeSantis would do better than Biden. If you truly think DeSantis would do better against Biden, why why are you eliminating Trump as a candidate? If if Democrats are more strategic than the right, why not wait to go after Trump if he's not even a candidate? He's gonna he's gonna be gone. Why do you care about him so much? If you think, well, I think DeSantis is gonna beat Biden, no problem, all this stuff. Well, then you know, no problem. If you really think that's it, then let Trump be the candidate because you know you're going to be Trump. These are very – the Democrats, you, I respect them so <laughs> – how united that group is, yep. mm -hmm. the level of unity that the Dems have over Republicans. Republicans compete against each other. Democrats are like, nah, man, I can't stand you. I hate you. You're the worst human being in the world. But what are you, Democrat? We're on the same page, bro. We're going to be all right. Yeah. That's how united they are on their party. Uh, I'll give you a little feedback on the Democratic Party. Uh, they're just, whoever's leading in the polls, they'll try to dismantle. It's Trump. It's DeSantis. They'll, they'll go on and so forth. I think if you're, if you're a Democrat right now, you are about to run literally the worst polling president you've possibly ever run. Ever. Okay. So Biden, the, the, the 75% of Democrats are like, bruh, don't do it. Bruh, don't do it. But he's doing it. And they're all going to coalesce and get in line, but nobody's excited about Biden. And uh, well, I think it's going to be a shit show. He did try to excite somebody, but it, it didn't work for him. So <laughs> former senator told yes. Biden he'd kick the shit out of him, then VP for getting handsy with his wife. If you want to get this video ready, by the way, former Senator Scott Brown recounted a threat he made to President Joe Biden after an alleged incident in 2010 when Biden got too close to Brown's wife, Brown stated, I told him I'd kick the shit out of him, uh, beat it, uh, beat, uh, and then I told him to stop. The incident took place during uh, Brown's swearing ceremony with photographs capturing Biden's hand positioned near Brown's wife's posterior. What posterior is like butt? Is that what that means? It's like that, you know the part that goes it's down? Like yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. a it's derriere. A pointing crack. out signs Fancy like mumbling and anger outbursts. Brown also criticized Biden's well-known touchy behavior, mentioning an incident where actress Eva Longoria had to guide Biden's hands away from her breasts. You can show that clip as well, White House film right. screaming in June. But play this clip and then play to the podcast of him saying this with TMZ. Go for it. This is the clip. Rap sees it? I don't know if I see no, no. it. Watch, watch, watch his right arm. Boom, 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 boom. Three taps on it. You literally can't see his arm. Listen, I could see it, Adam. 
literally can't see his arm. No, oh, right I see there, three times tapping. she tapped her, her butt. Okay. Well, I mean, why would the guy lie? Right. Why is he lying? Why she thinks she's okay, lying? Okay, so pause and go to the, go to what he said on the podcast if you have it, Rob. I don't know if you do or not. Okay, let's play this one here. Go for it. Hair sniffing Gale or handsy with Gale or did I imagine? Yeah, 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 yeah. I told him I'd kick the shit up. I told him to stop. So you, yes. I think people are irked out about all the hair sniffing and things. Then we went overseas, and he especially took a long inhale. And I think women are skeeved out by that that st- stuff. And and you know he's not a good guy. Oh, you know him. I mean, listen, he's he's he's. I I did know him. I I spent quite a bit of time with him. I I enjoyed his company. But that's not Joe Biden. He, he, this, you, we all know the signs. My, yeah. my, uh, you know, uh, we all know people who have dementia and and have the beginning of Alzheimer's. And, and you know, he's got it. I mean, it's the walk. It's the way he's mumbling. His anger yeah. outbursts. And you know, it's it's a shame uh, that we can't do better. As I said, uh, in this great country. But you know, a lot of people don't want to run because of everything you're seeing now. Yeah. Hey, you know, I might be imagining this, but did you, when you were on the Herald Radio with us, probably seven years ago, when you got sworn in as senator, was he like hair sniffing Gale or handsy with Gale, or did I imagine? Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I told him I could. We got the clip. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but is it? It just boggles my mind that it's just okay. Like he's been doing it forever. Now that he's old, people are Get just the like Eva eh. Longoria video. If you can find it, go for it. You know what I mean? No, Pat's like, like, uh, is it unbelievable that he's been getting away with it forever? How many videos of this, him? This snapping? one's awkward. All right, let me yeah. see him. Right, this yeah, one's yeah. awkward. Watch this. Watch what she does. Go, no. go. Watch this one. He's. He just hit the side nipple. Look at that. Yeah, he's Ooh. shopping. He was shopping know. for cantaloupes, sir. Guys, I don't know. No, Th- no, no. This is to me. Can I be honest with you? Go ahead. This is kind of weak. Okay. Oh. Honestly, I think he should step his game up. I like presidents that grab him by the pussy. Okay. I, oh. I you don't don't half-ass these hugs. Just go all in. Show me one video. Go of for it. Show me one video. I, I'm actually not kidding. No. Oh, uh, Clinton. Listen, in if I'm married to Hillary Clinton and some young intern who's uh, of age and consensual wants to in the White House, yeah. go ahead, buddy. You want to grab him by the woo-woo? Let's go yeah, for but, it. Yeah, but if you, Biden if, should step his game up. Stop fucking half-assing <laughs> and maybe touching a derriere. Step your game well, up, Joe. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, Sleepy-ass Joe, grab uh, a fucking titty. But, Be a man. Uh, all the, all the, uh, Adam, I, your podcast Adam, is <laughs> tomorrow. Sorry about that. <laughs> Guys, by the way, welcome but, to the Southcast. Yeah, but all, <laughs> Adam's crazy. All jokes aside, though, how many videos? There, dude, there's compilations of him yeah. not only grabbing women like this, sniffing kids, no. touching kids, young 13-year-old girls like this. Hold on. No. Live. On camera in the White House while the Vice President. Not enough. And he not, needs to do more to no, the women. I'm being serious. He's touching and smelling children at him. Yeah, the kids. And stay he away gets from away the with it, and he gets away with it, bro. Like that's that just shows you when people are like these elites, they're not protected. There's no pedophilia. The guy is on camera smelling and touching <laughs> girls that are looking like. Look at that girl. That that one photo right there, uh, Rob. The one. Look at that. Like if and look at the father doesn't give a shit, Pat. Look at what this. I want to find this girl and interview her. Like, excuse me, what did you feel when Joe Biden was smelling you when you were 14 years old? It's disgusting. And if anything that his, his daughter, Rob, his daughter wrote in, that bi- uh, in her diary that they found at the Airbnb. By the way, the dumbest family ever. Hunter leaves laptops in repair shops, and Hunter, uh, Joe Biden's daughter left her diary at an Airbnb. The project, hold on. The Project Veritas people, found, uh, they had it. You know what she said? My father was taking baths and showers with me at an inappropriate age. What does that say to you, Adam? He's a disgusting old man. But guess what? 
Oh, he has dementia. Oh, it's old Joe. Oh, he's a grandfather. He's cute. No, it's disgusting, bro. Let me tell you something, Vinny. Go ahead. How many politicians have you met in your life? Um, the one, a couple. I'll yeah, say three. No, you've met, but you've met way more than three. Okay, the most. Let me, let me tell you something. Go buddy. ahead, Adam. There's a something that all politicians do. And that is, they say, get out there, shake some hands, and kiss some babies. We all know that. They all do it. Now, the problem with Joe these days is that he's shaking babies and kissing hands. <laughs> he's a little dementia. He doesn't know which one's going on. <laughs> but they all do it, bro. If you want to freeze frame you taking a picture with a kid, yeah, it's always going to look weird. So anytime that you want to make up a story, you'll find Hold it. No you, doubt. So what, is he creepy? Yes. Is Trump creepy? Uh, For sure. Are they all fucking doing weird stuff? For sure. Time out. So be be an equal opportunist okay, okay. and call them all, all right, out. Wait, wait, time out. There is no way in hell you are going to compare any other random politician. that Who the hell has a, a compilation of, of what he's done in the White House? I sm Kissing babies and saying hi and waving and shit. No other president in the history of presidents has that much footage of him smelling little kids. Period. Or Man, rubbing on people's nipples. How much have you partied with Hunter Biden? Be honest. I have never partied with him. Yeah, I but tried, you want to. Yeah. I tried, but he never relaxed. No, but that kid, that kid stuff is disgusting. I'm sorry. There's, Come on. there's a there's a there's a couple lots was said right there, back and forth. There's a couple things to be thinking about. Um anytime you have a reputation of overly uh, of being done, it's it's pretty real. You can't think of a lot of stories of politicians kissing babies. And anyone's use it to be as creepy as this guy does it. Just very, very it's weird his nickname, when you're talking Pat. about that. It's That's what they call him the goat. He's totally the goat. Get it. Told me I'm with you there. As, as in, in regards to Trump and creepy, Trump and creepy, you want to call him player? You want to call him a salesman? You want to call him all that? So, yeah, totally fine. You want to call him his had businesses go bankrupt? Totally fine. Creepy is not a word that's going to catch on with him. Um, this is a guy that's a player. Like, Biden's not a player. Trump is a real-life player. He's had... A lot of beautiful women. You can criticize criticize him there all day long. However, there is somebody that doesn't like to be courted, doesn't like stalking. She's not a fan of it, okay, at all. Okay, she wants to be a leader, and you can't flirt with her because not if you do, here. she sees that as stalking. Okay, oh, no. so today oh. we're going to talk about Rachel Zegler, oh, God. who got backlash. She's supposed to be the next Snow White. She got backlash which could ruin Disney's show remake, Snow White. Okay, let's read this. And, Rob, if you can get the clip ready uh, of the second one. The one I tweeted, as a matter of fact, just go on my Twitter account and you'll see the one that I have and, and just put that one up there. You were just on it right now. Okay, so I'll read it. Rachel Zegler, cr uh, critical remarks regarding the upcoming live-action Snow White remake have triggered concerns about <laughs> potential damage to ticket sales. The 22-year-old actress faced backlash for her negative views on the original 1937 film and the Prince character, which she labeled a stalker. Branding expert warns that Ziegler comments could impact the film's reception. She has been accused of gaslighting and dubbed a fake feminist. Disney faces challenges of managing Snow White's portrayal and controlling actor statements to prevent negative effects on ticket sales. Despite Rachel Zegler's playing the lead role, experts suggest that Disney executive might need to reconsider her suitability for promoting the film. So play this clip, if you may. Just listen to what she says. She just sounds bitter and angry. Go for it. I mean, you know, the, the original cartoon came out in 1937, and very evidently so. <laughs> um, there's what? a big focus on her love story. 
um, with a guy who literally stalks her. <laughs> weird, weird. Oh, so we didn't God. do that this time. So no, so no prince or a different kind of prince? We have a different approach to what I'm sure a lot of people will assume is a love story just because like we cast a guy in the movie. What shirt Andrew is she Burnett, wearing? Great dude. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's one of those things that I think everyone's going to have their assumptions about what it's actually going to be, but uh, it's really not about the love story at all, which is really, really wonderful. And whether or not she finds love along the way is anybody's guess until 2024. Um, all of Andrew's scenes could get cut. Who knows? It's Hollywood, baby. Bro, who the hell are you to say all of Andrew's scenes could get cut? Like, who are you? Oh my God. Are you Disney? Are you running? Can you go back to the tweet on what I told Bob Iger? Can you go back to that? Here's what I told Bob. I said, I'm curious, Bob. Don't you think messages like this is why Disney keeps having box office flops? <laughs> I've read your book, and I have. It's a phenomenal book. It's right of a right lifetime, of a I think it's called. Great book. I had an entire company read the book. You're a smart CEO. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'm convinced you're okay with this. You're losing generation of loyal viewers. When you think about Snow White, honestly, what is the premise? What is the it's story? A it's, story. A, it's, it's a love story. It's a love it's a, story. It's a dream for a it's, girl to grow up and um. Man falls in love. I mean, the plot is about will Prince Charming show up? And then after she says that, she gets a bunch of backlash. Play about 45 seconds of this. She actually cries if you can get to that part. And then I want to hear from you. There's a part that she gets emotional like uh, people are – she said death threats. I don't know which dwarf gave you death threats, but she's saying she's getting death threats. <laughs> Sleep. Play from right there. You that, know. That's her agent. Yeah, that's, it was that's death a, to her career. Press play. Go ahead. I actually just played from the beginning. We just yeah. won't play the whole thing. And Pat, while, yeah, while it's loading. She's being censored now. Yeah, yeah exactly. And Pat, while it's loading, then guess what? It's not the Snow White movie then. Name it a different yeah, movie. Totally fine. But leave Snow White alone. Yeah, they're, they're to totally fine. Go go ahead. Before this thing plays for us. Yeah. All right, go ahead. It taken out of context. And I know that at this point, I can't really stop people from doing that because of course. Yeah. that's what my whole existence on the internet is. It's just me being taken out of context. Thing. and stuff uh which is fine that's what i signed up for isn't okay. it um but i never <laughs> wanted to come off as me being ungrateful Weird. for the opportunities i have when i say that this has been the biggest adjustment of my life like understanding the way my life operates now being who i am and the things that i've been so fortunate to make it comes with so much ground so much ground that i never thought i would be able to cover and that people think i'm doing poorly and other people think I'm doing gracefully, and I don't think I'm doing it at all. <laughs> so when I tell you that it's hard. You can pause it right here. I, I will tell you this. For, for, I love the way she communicates. She's a freaking great communicator. Words, like ability to talk, fantastic. Obviously, she's very attractive, very cute. But her, her, her views, her the, eliteness, her like... I know what's right, and you don't, and now you want to apologize, bro. This is how the world works when you get on social media. We had a, at our event at the insurance conference. What was the format? It was a debate format. Our debate, leaders got up in the format, yeah. debated each other. You know what? Everybody was asking me questions. Should I say this? Should I say that? Here's what I told everybody. You can say that, but if you say that, be ready mm -hmm. that he's going to come for you, yep. and she's going to come after you. Do not be offended if they come and say this about you. Like, well, no, 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 that's not fair. I said, no, I'm not telling you that. All I'm saying to you is, that's how this thing works in the world. If you talk shit, it's going to come back. I tell my kids, hey, man, you talk shit, that guy hits you, of course he's going to hit you. <laughs> There's something called cause and effect. 
We don't just sit around and say, okay, yeah, we grew up watching this movie called Snow White in all these other countries, and all of a sudden you show up, and we have to eliminate all the memories of these young girls who grew up wanting to have an experience like that, and you're the almighty, and this guy that started a company many years before you did who's given you a job, you want to trash that legacy, that company that now Disney has screwed up the last five years trying to please a small percentage of minorities in America that are bitching and whining all the time while the majority is quite going about their business and raising their families, and we have to lift listen to those guys cry all the damn time yeah we're sick of it we're sick of this bullshit this is what you're getting to the more you do this disney Iger, what is this girl's name rachel rachel ziegler ziegler whatever her name is yes this is exactly the backlash you're going to get from parents who have kids who are your customers you're supposed to win parents over you're talking to kids the parents pay for the tickets you have to be a dummy as a marketer to be saying, if I'm Bob Iger, you know what we're doing? Emergency meeting. We're putting Snow White on hold for two years, and guess what? Smart. Pay her a couple million bucks. Go away. We're going to bring another person to play this role because you just screwed this thing up. And whoever comes next, you know the guy that uh, – one of the things about Hollywood actors that are not on social media, you're always like, how come they're not on social media? And then some of the guys that are professional, I don't know who the, King Arthur, who's the guy that played King Arthur? I don't know what his name is. He's a, he's a great actor. If you type in King Arthur movie, what is this guy's name? Um, uh, that guy right there. What is that guy's guy name? From, um, the what is his name? Gang. Very good looking guy. Uh, gee, man, if you guys can't go a little lower, yeah, you'll see it right there, the, uh, right there, right there. That guy right he's there. He's in the bike gang. Uh, no, that's not it, man. There's another King Arthur movie, I, young guy. I, I could make a joke right now. But maybe if he was on social media, we'd know his name. Well, <laughs> well, no, but the point is they asked him, they said, why are you not on social media? And he said, that's intentional because yep. it ruins the art, right? Yeah. If you're an actor mm-hmm. and you're playing somebody that you want us to, right there, that guy right there, Charlie Human? Charlie Hunnam. Charlie- yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and he's doing that interview. Sons of Anarchy. And you know what? I'm sitting there. I'm like, you know what? I kind of agree with you on what you're saying. Listen, Mrs. Actress, you want to get out there and play a role for us to believe you're that person? Will Ferrell is screwed for the rest of his life. If Will Ferrell plays a serious movie, I can't take him seriously. <laughs> I can't take him seriously. Yeah. That's who you are. It's done. Yeah. There's a reason why the girl that played The Exorcist who walked backwards never got another movie ever again. Ever. Yeah, there's a reason why the Linda movie Dirty Blair. Dancing, when the girl got a nose job, we want the girl with the bigger nose. I love it. We don't want the girl with the smaller nose. Yeah. You ruined your career. Jennifer we want Gray. that girl, right? So yeah. we, we have a love affair with a role when you play in a movie. You take that innocence away, you screw the whole thing up for us. Pat, so, do, you, do you think, Pat, that, that, that they, like... Basically told her to have that attitude. Because, yo, that's her. That's the story. I, that I don't think Bob Iger's okay with that. You don't think because that's no, the storyline, no. though. No. They changed the storyline. That's t- okay. But yeah. Bob Iger, there's yeah. no way. Bob Iger is very, very smart. Mm-hmm. He is very, very smart. He's not a, he's not a Republican. Mm-hmm. But he's also not a Democrat. When COVID first happened, he was helping Newsom out with COVID issues that was going on. Because Disneyland is there and Disney World is over here. When Newsom made a decision on shutting down all the parks, all of a sudden, Iger said, dude, I'm off this board and helping you out. He left Newsom. So that is a call out to Newsom saying, dude, your policies are ruining jobs, bro. While this other guy named DeSantis is keeping my park open, you're screwing it up for me. So I believe he's a logical guy. Now he's got a feud with Newsom over here, with DeSantis over here. I think he has logic. I think he can reason. I think he's the type of guy that could one day be a good presidential candidate. So he knows this is not a good thing. He knows it. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's no way he's sitting around saying, I don't know why we're doing this. Let me give you some feedback, if I can. Uh, no, I don't think that she was 
coached or no, anything. No, I think coach. this. I think this is genuinely. She's a product of the t- her times. She's a product of her environment. Here's a 22 year old, what mixed girl, whatever, yeah, gro- whatever. Gro- gro- Latina. I don't know what she is. Whatever, cute girl, whatever, all good. But she's a product of her environment. She's been raised in a femme centric, girl boss. The future is female world. I don't blame her for any of this. But there's a deeper story here. Let me tell you something. So I had to go like watch a little clip of Snow White, read a little bio of Snow White, because I haven't read it in 30 freaking years, okay? Here's actually the story here. And it's so funny how she's making the creepy guy yeah. the, the, the enemy. Uh, lo and behold, the king, uh, the wife died, and he got a, uh, was remarried to the wicked stepmother. She became the new queen. Do you recall yeah. this? Yes. And this wicked, vindictive bitch <laughs> thought that Snow White was too pretty. So what did she hey, do? Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you looking at some bitch? Yeah, hey, bitch. <laughs> Inside joke. Right Inside there. joke. So mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of the wall? The yeah. mirror said Snow White is. And yeah. So the stepmother, the queen, the wicked stepmother was like, uh-uh, we got to kill that bitch. Yeah. Enter hero number one. She calls on the huntsman to go kill Snow White out in the forest in the woods. Mm-hmm. The huntsman, the man, says, no, I'm not killing this young, beautiful girl. I'm going to set her free. So she goes free. So the queen, the vindictive, murderous bitch, was the one that wanted to kill Snow White. Boom, the huntsman steps up, doesn't kill the girl, okay? Almost like the hound in um, Uh, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Okay, so hero number one. So she's running around in the woods. She runs around and finds what? Not one, not two, not five. Seven. Seven little people, because don't call them dwarves no, these days. No, forget it. Or your ass will get canceled. Yeah. So they're sleepy, there's dopey, there's grumpy, there's drug addict, whatever's going on there. <laughs> they're doing that. They take her in. They're whistling while they work. That's a crazy concept. They're working their ass off. They're in the mine. They take care of this girl. Enter seven more heroes taking care of the girl. What happens is this vindictive queen finds out she's still alive, gives her a poisonous apple to eat. She ends up dying. Enter the third hero, (laughs) the fucking prince that shows up. He's like, who's this beautiful dead girl? I feel so bad for her. Let me see if I can use my princely charm and revive this dead (laughs) chick. Okay? So he shows up, saves her freaking life, life, a.k.a. a stalker, okay? (laughs) Long story short, she comes back to life, insert, she becomes the queen, happy ending, all good. So I ask you this, who's the bad guy in the story? (laughs) The bitch, the The girl. The fucking queen, okay? (laughs) Who are the good guys in the story? The The huntsman that spared her life, the the seven dwarves that took this homeless chick in, let her live with them, and the freaking prince that literally saved her life and made her a queen. (laughs) So what's the biggest theme here? (laughs) Is that there's this femme-centric, anti-men mantra going on here. But at the end of the day, here's what's going to happen to this young lady. She's either going to come to the realization that she's actually going to fall in love with a real man... Uh, much less a fucking prince if she can find one yeah. and like prince harry and Meghan markle who's complaining about being uh, a princess that's a whole nother conversation that, yeah. or she can go down the chelsea handler i'm a feminist boss babe i don't need no man mentality so the choice is yours young beautiful girl um rachel zegler so uh the last thing i'll say to this is okay the yeah, there's been backlash about um Black girls playing white roles, you know, what, uh, there was a black girl that played Ariel, the Little Mermaid, whatever, 
all good. I think Peter Pan, they're coming out with the movie. Tinkerbell's going to be a black girl. I don't really care. I mean, I, it'd be weird if a white dude played Black Panther. Whatever. But uh, what I have a problem with is... I love Adam you know, on a roll. Yeah, on a roll. It's like Bradley Cooper playing yeah. Martin Luther King. Exactly. So, okay, it's a little weird. I don't really care. What I don't like is the historical inaccuracies. Okay? Yeah. So... Um, uh, now a white girl is going to play Pocahontas. That just didn't happen. She yeah. was a Native American. By the way, where did Sleeping Beauty actually take place? It took place in Germany in the 1800s. How many black chicks were running around there? Okay. So just like Pinocchio happened in Italy, uh, Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, Sleeping Beauty all happened in France. Sorry, Snow White was in Germany. So it's just historically inaccurate. So if you want to whitewash history and do all that, that's fine. But let me, let me give the, 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 the bigger picture here. What I do think is, is a great part of what Snow White is about is actually there's a bigger, there's a bigger thing here, is that the world is a, is a wild, crazy place. There's good and there's evil. You've got the wicked queen. Poisoning, poisoning. Okay. Chick. You've got the good man that's coming to save you. Um, there's a story about death being a part of life. She died. She came back to life. She was revolved. Shout out to my boy Jesus. Um, so is marriage. So is love. So is vanity looking in a mirror. So is beauty. So is jealousy. So is vindictiveness. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of things here that you don't really recognize as a kid and you recognize as an adult. But at the end, there was a happy ending. Yeah. What we say around here is the future looks bright. So shout out to Snow White and what she's doing. So in other words, today's show is sponsored by the Snow White yeah. and, the, and the Missing Dwarf that's coming out here soon in the next six months. Yes. Uh, thank yeah. you for Disney for this uh, sponsorship. Go ahead. So you, you, so Adam, like Rachel's, uh, Rachel Ziegler's her name. I guess she's so. the type of chick that if God forbid she like OD'd or something and died, yeah. and the EMT showed up and gave her <laughs> mouth to mouth, and right. she woke up, she'd be like, "That piece of shit right. was trying to rape me." It's like, right. no, bitch, I gave it's you mouth to, save to your mouth. Life. Yeah, so she's that type of girl. But yeah. this, this is, I, I mean, by the way, you did your Snow White research. I don't give a shit what anybody said. I did. You were up last night. First like time that. in 30 years. <laughs> years. No, but it, years. 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 But, but no, yeah, you're right. it's just, I'm really upset that it's, that the biggest theme here is that it's anti-men. She called him a stalker. He literally saved her life while she was dead. Yeah. The, the seven dwarves took her, this homeless chicken. The huntsman spared his, spared his life. But she, because of the environment she's been raised in, all she could see is that men are the stalker, men are toxic, men are weird. They were the heroes in the story. The queen was the villain. Yeah. So recognize that, Rachel. But, but, Thank but, but, you. but Pat, uh, this, how many, like, this, Disney is just not learning their lesson, bro. From the from the the kid stuff to that stuff to to changing stories and stuff, Pat. Like, are they what? How are they doing? Like, stock wise, are they are they going down? All this woke shit isn't working. Mm -hmm. like, go to go to one year. Go to stock. Oh yeah, like, go like back Adam, to, don't you think? No, Rob, go back to where you were at. Just Listen, go to one year. Disney was no, the first go, stock yeah, I ever like owned. They're there not doing go. great. Oh, it's taking you there when you do yeah. that. Oh, okay, got it. But Pat, I'll, I'll tell you, what, like, Pat, I'll Pat, tell you Pat, what it is right now. Like, aren't they going to learn their yeah, lesson, there Pat? There you go. It's down. Yeah, it like, went what down you... from 120. Maybe go five years. Let's see what it's like at five no, years. It's down. Big five years. Yeah, five years. Yeah. That's yeah, down. Listen, it's, oh, it... shit. It's the lowest it's been in five years. Yeah. yeah. Boy, that's Damn. the right That's the right of a lifetime. So, Pat, when are you, when you going to learn your lesson? Learn your lesson. Well, listen, Bob Shapek, to be fair, was not a good CEO. Okay. okay, he was a hardcore woke CEO oh, that Disney had. That yeah. uh, they were co-CEOs together. I think Bob is the right guy that can help this thing. I really think he has the ability to reason. He was if he's able to convince Jobs to sell, convince Lucas to sell. Conv 
Do you know what brands this guy bought? What Bob Iger's done in his resume? There's not many people. Maybe no one's ever done this before. Mm-hmm. This guy is maybe the biggest power broker of the last 30 years. Damn. I mean, this guy's not a joke on what he's done in media. He's one of the biggest power brokers in the world. I am optimistic that unless if they got some stuff on him that they're controlling him, I'm optimistic that behind closed doors he's going to say, listen, guys, this is too much. we got to cut the scrap. This is too much. And his ESPN division just very smartly got into – OBS trying to save the division on on celebrity here. Celebrities don't understand like this young actress that fame may give you a platform, but it doesn't give you credibility or make you smart. And often when you open your mouth, you show that you are not credible and not smart. And you can go through life as a celebrity saying anything you want about the conservative side of the street. You know what I mean, PBD? And there's no accountability for it. No accountability for it. So you get accustomed to popping your mouth off, and there's no accountability. And all of a sudden, you go off rails at the presser for your movie coming out that tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars have been spent on it, and you're about to find that you have entered FAFO level 10. (laughs) And welcome, Welcome. That's, it's, uh, to me, it's that simple. You don't have any accountability for opening your mouth. You pop off all the time, and now you do here, whammo, and you find out. Fame gave you a platform, but didn't make you smart, sweetie. Did, did you see, Rob, I just the photo. This is seven. It's, it's Snow White. Did you see what the seven dwarfs look like? Pat, uh, Rob, I There's just seven look, little people. Look at them. No, no, but yeah, but look at them. Those are the, those are the dwarfs. Is it for, not? For the new movie? Is this, is this the movie, Rob? Because I know, I, I know there was a big controversy about Disney's live... Oh, this is a live action. <laughs> That's their live action. Those are the dwarfs. Yeah. Wait a minute. Is this Woodstock? Those that guy are, looks 6'4 in the back. I was about to say, the last guy's about 6'4, six, 6'5. Six, <laughs> That's the diverse Snow White remake latest this film. This is DEI. That, they had to have bro, one midget. That's a joke. They had to have I'm one not joking. Person. No, Rob. Rob, Google that. That's the, that's the seven dwarfs live action. They're, that's them. And there was a controversy about hey, that. I'm just happy that. they're all men. <laughs> no, there's a girl in the back. There, um, there was a girl in the back. Rob, that's that, Pat, that's the... There is a girl! Disney's live-action Snow White takes wokeness to a You're absurd rewriting level. You're rewriting history, live, gentlemen. That's their live-action is those... That's the dwarves. Wow. That guy's 6'2". Right. <laughs> well, look, I mean, here, here's, 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 here's what you have to realize. I mean, it, when it comes down to parents have to want to take their kids to these movies. Yeah. It's that simple. Parents have to want to take their kids to the movies. And if they do... You you prove your point. Okay, it's working. But guess what? The last five movies of yours have been absolute box office flops. Flop. Not one movie, not two movies, not three movies. Now I'm doing pulling a LeBron here. Not four movies. Not one. Five not two movies have been flops. Bro, five movies have been flops. And you're Disney. It's not supposed to happen to you, right? Five movies being flops. Anyways, let's hit a couple other stories here before we wrap up. Uh, one of the stories I do want to touch on is do we want to go with this one? Uh, let me see which one I want to go to. We got a couple good ones here, guys. Let's pick one of them. Do you want to do the market in Topanga? Do you want to do Anheuser-Busch conversation we had with them? Or do you want to do stay-home dads, ESG, or what the, the, the CIA oversees China, what they said about America? And then we'll wrap it up with Armenian genocide. Which one do you want to go with now? Pick one of them, Tom. You pick it. I think it's important to get to Armenia. That's an important message. Okay, so but we'll do that last. About, we're going to do that no matter Hawaii, what. Hawaii, Pat? Okay, okay let's talk we're, Hawaii. We're going, so we're going why, later, yeah. Why don't yeah. we go to Hawaii? Okay. Let's talk about Hawaii. Yeah, okay, so why don't you lead the way with Hawaii? I'll, I'll, lead, I'll lead the way with Hawaii, and, and me and Rob were talking about this beforehand. I mean, you know, you know, God. Absolute tragic event. What tragic happened Tragic event. Yeah. I, I literally prayed, prayed, prayed last night for them. 100. I think that the death toll, Pat, hit 100. 1,000 people, that they don't know where they are. 
111 people now. 111 people that I think I think there was 100 missing, wow. but they don't know where a thousand other people are. You know, you know, our hearts go out to them. Uh, 5.5 billion dollars in damage. An entire neighborhood full of children that died. And here's the thing: going back to Biden, Pat. They asked him the day that it happened. They're like, "Hey, President, the President of the United States, what do you have to say about the, you know these people and the tragedy?" While no he was at the beach. While he's at the beach on vacation, no comment, jumps in the car. And then when he comes back, Pat, he avoids, you know that path that they take, that Trump takes to get right to the media, talk to them? He avoids them and walks all the way into the grass. Uh, and the day, look, tell me this isn't a spit in the face. The day it happens, he, the, his administration is asking Congress for $24 more billion to give to Ukraine. That's not a joke. Okay, they're not getting the help that they want. Are you serious? I swear to God, Pat, they were asking for money. It could be 12 or 24. Doesn't matter. The word B is involved. And uh, it, uh, and here's the thing, Pat. I'm not going to conspiracy theory. Well, first of all, they're not getting the help that they want. They're, they're, Biden's going to give them 700. These people lost houses. $700 per household to do what? What are you going to do with that? And I, I get away from mainstream media. I've been watching on TikTok, on Instagram. People on the, the people that live in Maui, Pat, that live in Hawaii are so furious at the response, the no help, blocking police from helping them. And you know what I thought about, Pat? They're not getting the help that they want. Why doesn't the mayor or, or whoever just self-identify, change the name to Hawaii, to Ukraine, billions of dollars mm. will start coming in overnight. And I don't know, like, listen, the emergency alarm system, the sirens didn't work, Pat. That's the, By the way, Maui has the largest emergency alert siren system in the world, it didn't activate. Rob, what else happened with the water? The water system failed? Uh, there's reports that they had what's called dry hydrants, where the fire hydrants ran out of water or didn't have any water access to water. And, Rob, is it just, I might be losing my mind, guys. Isn't Hawaii surrounded by freaking water and you couldn't get water on to the fires? And this is disgusting for all these demons that are out there. Pat. The day after everything is done, the smoke is start, uh, the fires are done, the smoke is settling. Real estate agents and people were calling homeowners asking to buy their land, which just adds to the conspiracy theories of all these people. Oprah recently bought, I think in March, another thousand acres in Maui. You know whose houses didn't burn at all, Pat? At all? That have no. mega, um, just this is random. I think God really protects these people. Oprah, Jeff Bezos, Lady Gaga, Bill Gates. Morgan Freeman, Will Smith, Julia Roberts, zero damage to the houses. And listen, again, conspiracies aside, I saw the damage on the ground. It didn't look like fires, bro. These, these cars, there was no glass. The glass melted. Rob, what is glass melts at like, what, 2,700 degrees? It looked like a nuke went off. Pat, I've been in fires. We're from L.A. I've seen really, really, really bad fires. I've never seen vehicles look like how they did. And dogs dead in the street that looked like they were fake, like they were from the movie. Uh, uh, yeah, that was Gopher. weird, seeing that. The uh, response is horrible, Pat. The response is horrible. And this is the United States. This is the 50th United States. That should be the help. Ukraine. Time out for Ukraine. Go save this place. It's unbelievable. And the alarm didn't go off in the city, by the way. And like it's they the have an alarm that goes off. It didn't go off. They asked Tulsi Gabbard why didn't it go off. They're like, I've heard a lot of different explanations, but I don't understand why it didn't go off. How, did, yeah. how, did not, how, did, how let, does that let, fail? Let me, um, I guess, give my two cents here. God, so, I love your sense. Um, well, the number one story on the Wall Street Journal right now is basically this story right here. Hawaiian Electric knew of wildfire threat but waited years to act. So four years ago, the utility company said it needed to do more to prevent 
power lines from emitting sparks, and it made basically very little progress. They didn't do anything. Instead, they were focusing on, wait for it, uh, a shift to clean energy. So in 2019, which is, I, I guess there is wildfire season here, 2019 was the worst wildfire that I'd ever seen until now. So um, I trust the Wall Street Journal. Um, I, we could you know, look for yourself what's going on here. Um, I'm not, I'm not, you know, it, ultimately it's a freaking tragedy and it's horrible. A lot of people lost their lives. I'm not, you know, on the conspiracy theorist side of things. At the same time, we have every right to ask questions, 100%. You know, I'm, for most people that go into conspiracy theories, I either think that uh, you fall into one of three camps. Either you're intellectually lazy and you don't actually do the work and just spout opinions, or you have an agenda and you're sticking to it and you're not willing to learn other ideas or facts, or it's a combination of both. So if you're one of the people that actually think that there was uh, larger forces at play, that's cool, all good, but go read this uh, article from the Wall Street Journal because there was, it just seems like government incompetence, uh, laziness, um, not doing things uh, in, a, in a reasonable manner of time, uh, and then sprinkle in whatever sort of fraud that you want to throw in there. But this seems to be, this is the number one story in the Wall Street Journal right now, and they're basically blaming it on Hawaii Electric. Which Tom, is do you have any thoughts on this? Oh, PGE did the same thing in California. There are those old power lines up there in the um, open forest areas and the grassland areas in Northern California. Uh, there's the fire up there known as the Telegraph Fire, which um, killed a bunch of people in a small town because a wildfire pushed by winds came up there and found out that it was sparking off a of PG&E. It wasn't a cigarette out of a car. It wasn't uh, camps. It wasn't arson. It was freaking arced off electricity. And so this is, you know, these big power companies that are, you know, working with the states and they have lobbyists to help write the regulations. A lot of the stuff should have been retrofitted and it wasn't. And now we've got California and Hawaii. See here? Yeah. Well, yep. well, this was the largest fire wildfire in the United States of 2021, suppressed by the bootleg fire in Oregon. Yep. Look at this. And this was. And it's not a shock that this happens in the dead middle of summer where it's hot as shit out. We've seen world uh, records in every state. It's hot. It's summer. These things. It's just an old uh, tragedy. And they're yeah, not. But yeah, but you know what though? These are these are Americans. These are Americans. How do you feel? How do you think they feel when they find out the day the day after this shit happens? We're trying to prove more billions to go to a different country to fight a war that nobody gives a shit about. I think that's conflating two stories, brother. To be honest with you, I'm not, yeah, no, I'm not the, complaining the, because the, the response, the Ukraine said, thing, is an ongoing story. We no, get no, it. No. But when when Biden's sending seven hundred dollars per victim yeah, to the Maui fire victims, and break, then we Adam, offer twenty four billion to on Ukraine, that day. that's a whole. Where are your interests? That's, that's completely independent stories. No, let's no, focus but, but on I'm the, the timing. How how shitty is that timing? No, I think it's about our national priorities. Let me let me maybe let me explain the example in a different way to to kind of uh, make sense to this say you have kids okay mm -hmm. let's say you marry a girl that's got a kid okay not happening but go ahead but let's say you marry a kid let, let me use the example with you let's say you marry a girl with a kid yeah Vinny will do it she's got a three-year-old kid mm -hmm. okay and you and her end up having a kid together yeah. okay later on 25 they're, they're 18 years old 16 years old for the stepkid you pay 100 percent of college tuition you buy him a house you buy him a car. You do all that stuff. For your daughter, that's your daughter. This is your kid. You do nothing for her. Minimal. No caller. She's got to go figure it out herself. She's a big girl. She's got to do it all herself. That daughter's going to sit there and say, 
why are you doing more for your stepkid than me? I'm your blood. Why are you not doing it? Now, we can use this example and say you did it for your neighbor's kid because this is not even your stepkid. A stepkid may be maybe a, a state that's, you know, uh, that we're helping out that's maybe not like uh, our own, like we're helping out some community around us because it's a partner that we have in place. Now you're doing more for a neighbor's kid than you're doing for your own kid. So Biden's doing more for neighbor's kid, Ukraine, than he's doing for U.S. Having said that, I believe it's a week, two weeks, three weeks away from them announcing that they're sending money over. Yeah. This is not going to last a long time. The problem with that is the following. The swift reaction is where you lose people. Swift reaction to say, here's the camera. This is how many people that died. The biggest natural disaster in the history of Hawaii. And guess what happens on Hawaii a lot? Weather, storm, hurricane, earthquake on the outside. You know, things are coming in. There's some, what do you call it? Volcanoes. Volcanoes. There's a bunch of different things. I've walked on the volcanoes with lava right in front of us. It took us six hours to get to the lava. There's a lot of crises that can happen in that place. This is the biggest one ever in the number one honeymoon destination of Americans. They go to Hawaii. That is the place. That street in Maui, we all have. I bought paintings on that street. I've gone to numbers of restaurants on that street. I've watched the Super Bowl on that street when the Bears, I don't know who it was years ago, when the Bears had a decent team and they were playing 2005, 2004, whatever it was. I don't know who it was years ago. We have memories, friendships, drinks, conversations. Boom, gone. People that grew up, they're some of the nicest people in the world you'll meet when you go to Hawaii. These are people that enjoy life, nature, relaxing, enjoying themselves. There's a reason why all these big famous people want to buy a place in Hawaii because you go there, you feel like you're in heaven. There's a certain unique feeling you get in Hawaii. Can't describe it unless if you go there. There's something very emotional about that place. My dad and I had a very unique moment together when I took him there. February of 2004, when uh, he, uh, I promised him, I said, you never have to work a day in, uh, in your life at a 99-cent store. I took him there after Hawaii. He started dreaming again. And my dad is now 81 years old. He's, uh, you know, living a complete different kind of a life today. I never thought he was going to make it to Hawaii, uh, 81. But we always go back to that. Moment. Everybody has a Hawaii story. Most people have a Hawaii story. So I don't like the fact that Biden is not reacting to this. Now, in regards to what you're saying, which is a very good point, when you went on Twitter, that, that laser that everybody fell for. No, it's a laser. It was an intentional laser that Correct fired. energy weapon. That was out of a movie, right? Now, yeah. that, that act, we have access to that technology. If we wanted to do 100%. that technology, we do have. But that's from a movie. And then another thing that they were showing was another clip of what happened, an explosion, a this, a that. A bunch of these conspiracies went viral. That's the, that's the negative part of social media, yeah. that these types of clips are going to scare people and react and all that stuff. But you know what else is good about social media? Very quickly, people are going to say, hey, take that down. It's fake. That's not real. And you're going to get fact-checked very quickly in the comment section. So then you either take it down, apologize, or you look like a fool mm-hmm. if you leave it up there. Or you just say, I screwed up. I, do, I am a fool for leaving this up there. Guess what? I'm going to leave this up there because I don't want to take it down. You guys are right. I was wrong. This is up there. You'll mm-hmm. comment below. Um, but th- three things. Compassionate. Hate to see something like this happening. Number two concerning with all the conspiracies that got all of us fired up thinking there's something going on here. Extremely disturbed with the fact that the president not reacting quickly and swiftly to do something about it here. Four, uh, logistics as operators. What the hell is the city doing? You've known this is a, a potential risk. And by the way, isn't the mayor from Vegas that the shooting happened? What's the, the story? The, but this? So, which is, um, and again, adding fuel to the fire of these conspiracy theories, the chief of police that's in charge of all this is the same chief of police that was in Vegas for the Mandalay for that shooting. shooting, the Mandalay shooting. That's, what's his name? 
<coughs> chief Mal- John Pelletier led the response to 2017 Vegas Massacre. He's the same chief that was there that's here now. Yeah, why would he, you? He left the Vegas job. He got hired in Hawaii. Yeah, but I, how random way, is that? But by the way, I mean that's that, he's got to have one of the worst resumes in the history of America for chief of, <laughs> yeah. chief of police. So well, with to, great with Tom great power a, becomes great responsibility. So yeah. this guy, uh, it's, when you're the chief of police, some shit's gonna happen. Yeah. It, it, they're gonna follow you to. But see it, what happens, and it's just, it's just and Pat, it's a it's the inconsiderate like, and I was watching like I said a bunch of videos, Adam, of people yeah. that were there crying emotion, and one lady and it hit me really hard. She's like, "We have people dead all around here," and goes, "There's still American like people from America, like yeah. here vacationing, showing up after this fire, and they're right there swimming and having a great time." And, and meanwhile, we're looking for dead dead. It's just number. sad. It's just horrible. The, it the, sucks. the images are horrible. I think Pat, you, I, I I fully appreciate the point that you're making about the kid and the stepkid. I actually think that's a great metaphor. It 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 made me be like, all right, cool, Ukraine. That's the step kid. You know, I would I would also. I'm thinking, well, we Biden and Trump took care of our kids during COVID, stimulus checks, the CARES Act. How many trillions of dollars did we give to ourselves? Uh, I I also agree with you that we're this just happened. This is not even a week old. FEMA's going to respond. The federal government's going to respond. They're going to help out. You got to be swift, though, yeah. bro. Like, yeah. like, for example, listen, you know, uh, 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 you, you call me, okay? Like, think about this. Mm-hmm. You call me. You say, hey, Pat, what's that? I'm being jumped in Miami by five guys here. Bro. They all look you, like Vinny. I'm being jumped in, uh, stay serious. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Miami. I'm being jumped by five guys. Uh, what are you saying? Dude, I, I need help. I don't know what's going on. I'm hiding in this one spot. Mm-hmm. I can't get a hold of anybody. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Hey, Mario, wake Vinny up. Let's go. Oh, Boom. Boom. We roll. We're coming down. Yep. Now, watch this. You call me. Hey, Pat, we're in Miami getting jumped. Okay, cool. Two weeks later, I'm in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fuck is so, so, so I kept my commitment. I came to Miami. Yeah, I see what you're yeah. But I came two weeks ago. Bro, I need you in Miami now, now. dog. Yeah. I don't need you in Miami in two weeks. Come to Miami now. Yep. There's a big difference. So there's the swift reaction is the job of a leader. Mm-hmm. The swift reaction is a job of a leader. Move now. This is crisis level number 10. Let's roll. You can't sit there and balk. You're the commander-in-chief. If you reacted like this in war, thousands of soldiers would be dead because we're moving so slowly. So it's, it's deeply concerning. Anyways, we got time to go through a couple other stories. My next meeting's at 1130, so we can go 20 more minutes. By the way, I so look forward to the day that we can do podcasts three, five days a uh, week. I can't wait for the day that we can just roll, you know, doing this kind of stuff because we're always behind on stories. Let, let's talk about what progress we've been making. Folks, one thing I want you to be thinking about, why I'm convinced the future looks bright. Let me tell you why I'm convinced the future looks bright. So uh, I'm on uh, – uh, Joe and I are talking about ESG. Okay. Out of the podcast that we do, they choose to put the clip of GSP, uh, yes. ESG on their, uh, mm-hmm. uh, on their JRE short clips. Okay. And boom. Next thing you know, that's posted all over the place. Yesterday, a clip went viral on like 500 Instagram accounts. Hey, Larry Fink is the president, not Joe Biden. I don't know if you saw that. It's everywhere. It's going clipped up and it's being taken off. Okay. Then, hey, uh, this other clip on Twitter, then on Facebook, all these stories about, well, I didn't know about the fact that all this institutional money with 88%, and then people started texting me. Yeah. And, and, and they're like, well, you, you know, the story you're saying, th- there's no way that's true. And then I posted, if you go on Instagram real quick, Rob, I posted. The truth. <laughs> and I gave people the link on Instagram to go verify everything I said. I said, I want you to go verify me 
And the people that were bitching at me were liberal. So the link I get, keep going down, the link I gave to them was a link from CNN. Keep going down, keep going down. It's just words. You'll see CNN all the way at the top. Keep going down, you'll find it. So I posted this, that right there, if you can click on that. So this is from CNN talking about BlackRock and $15 trillion fund industry should be broken up, anti-monopoly group says. Combined, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard are the owners. 88% of S&P, largest owners of 88, this is CNN, CNN. 88% of S&P 500 companies, according to a paper. The big three are responsible for between 73 to 80% of global ETF market and 45 out of 50 largest funds, according. It continues, you can read the entire article. Then at the bottom, BlackRock manages more than $87 billion worth of shares in fossil fuel companies and has a boast and abstain about 80% which he's talking about, you know, nuclear, all this other stuff that is going to. You can go read this article from CNN for yourself. Moral of the story, when we started talking about it, everybody started talking about it, and everybody started researching. This is why I believe the future looks bright, because one can watch this, however many people are going to watch today's podcast, then they're going to say, let me go research this. Let me go look at this. Let me go look at this. Who's this Larry Fink guy? Who's, by the way, I'd love to talk to Larry Fink. If he's open to the, I'd love to have a fair interview with you. And, you know, we can cover different, disc- I'd love, fly out, have a conversation. I'd love to do that with you. So to what about this? And what about that? And what about this? My God, the more I'm researching this, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Within two weeks, what happens? McDonald's removes all ESG words out of their website. Mm. Weird. I- immediately, they remove all ESG words off their website. And then outside of McDonald's, other companies start doing it one by one by one by one by one. They drop the acronym. So phase number one is what? The acronym is now a curse word. So first, they're just removing references of ESG. And you can read this article on vitamin.com, written by Connor Walcott. You can go find this article, uh, uh, Rob. So they first remove the ESG names, but not the principles. So the principles are still there, right? The principles are still there. Then, S&P drops ESG scale from its debt ratings, a sigh of relief for capitalism. This is when it becomes big, when S&P is now reacting to it. So let's read this article together. S&P drops ESG from its debt, debt ratings, a sigh of relief for capitalism. Uh, S&P and global major corporate debt uh, rater eliminated corporate environmental, social, and governance scores from its debt ratings, responding to criticism and concerns over political bias linked to ESG practices. That means, guys, folks, we're making progress. The people are being heard. You matter. When people say my vote doesn't matter, this is validating that your voice matters. The great equalizer today is called social media. They should have never invented this. Because yesterday I'm telling Russell Brand, I said, Russell, you know why I believe the future looks bright? He says, why? I said, let me get this straight. I said, you know who you are on my eyes? He says, who? Oh, not the shirt, you know, or inside of you, inside. (laughs) Right, I'm I'm saying he starts cracking up. I said, you were an A-lister. You were an A-lister actor dating some of the hottest girls in Hollywood. With your accent, you entertain the world for getting Sarah Marshall. What the hell are you doing talking about? You don't even like capitalists. We were not on the same page with capitalism. Why are you talking? You've ruined your Hollywood career as an A-lister to be picked up. And You think Russell Brand's ever going to be in Snow White? Never. You think he's going to be in these movies that's coming out? I said, so let me get this straight. You're a Hollywood guy, an A-lister. I'm an insurance financial guy. What the hell are we doing starting media companies and podcasts? (laughs) That's a sign that future looks bright. Beautiful. Two different industries. So let me continue reading this yeah. to you, and I'll come to you guys. So uh, S&P ESG ratings introduced in 2021 on a 1 to 5 scale presumed companies to align with specific non-financial factors. Again, 
align with specific non non-financial factors often leading to a loss of consumer connection and financial burdens for compliance. ESG's influence emphasizing factors beyond financial considerations led corporations to prioritize aspects like diversity, equity, and environmental friendliness. This shift is criticized for di- uh, diverting focus from consumers and traditional capitalism, ultimately influencing business to appease ESG rating firms. And guess what? SMP is now saying, guys, we're stepping away from it. This is a black eye for the DEI community, for Soros community, for State Street, Vanguard, BlackRock, all of those guys. And Soros, apparently, word came out yesterday, Rob, about the fact that they're leaving what? EU, and they're closing a bunch of their offices in EU because the sun is not taking over Alex. So the people have spoken, and more people are saying, you guys are full of shit. We don't like this ESG stuff. Leave it alone. Stay focused on the business principles instead of forcing an Anheuser-Busch to send beer to somebody called Dylan Mulvaney who's not going to drink the Bud Light beer. You just kind of want to be woke, and you lost billions of dollars. So thoughts here for you. I love it, and that bleeds into another story that I I looked over right there. Target reported its first sales drop in six years after the Pride Month disaster. It's like, and and, and Pat, I'm not going to lie, I fell victim to what you were saying where I'm like, the vote doesn't count. Nobody can hear us. I felt like claustrophobic, but these are beautiful moments, and you are right about the future, that without being loud and whatever, just just us alone, just by our actions, like things do change. And like Target, you think tar- Target's not going to change their woke ideology after this 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 month, they're they're done. They're going to shift gears. Well, there's multi phases to this, and we need to keep our foot on the pedal, America. This is just taking the phrase ESG off the websites and backing off from it. There are still things that are underneath, below the surface, and make sure your voice stays heard. As McDonald says, well, we'll probably still leave some of the principles intact, and you know, talk about a broader shift in our corporate messaging and cultural and political debates. No. ESG, I was reading an article that that, um, Americans were confusing ESG with equal opportunity. It's not. Equal opportunity is necessary. So every person, no matter where you come from, has an opportunity for a job. That's... That is fabric of America, and that needs to be intact. But when you turn it into, you know, ESG, and you start putting all these non-financial measures, and I'm going to arbitrarily measure you on a one-to-five scale, I am so glad that S&P starts it in 21. It's not even the end of 23 now, and they killed this thing in its crib. I'm glad, because this is not what people want in terms of the expression of wokeism. And more importantly, all Americans want equal opportunity for people, but this wokeism and everything that goes with it is not what they wanted. And keep your foot on the gas that this doesn't hide in the tall grass and keep being used, even though they take ESG off the website. You, you, you know you know what's the biggest thing the people of power fear? The people, we talked about this with Rogan. Informed populace? Not just informed populace. That's one. You're right. Now, let's yeah. add that to the list. You know what they fear? Men and women who have faith and hope in a brighter future. They fear that. They want you to be defeated. The, the Half the battle with boxing someone is what? To look at the eye and say, that guy's already defeated. It's Done. game over. Yep. One of the scariest things when you fight Buster Douglas and you look at him in the eyes and you say, I don't know why this guy's looking at me this way. He looks like he's got faith. That night, he fought for his mom that had just died less than 30 days prior to the fight. Wow. And he won the fight. The scariest look in a man's eye is when he or she has a look of hope, faith, and fearlessness in a higher power that the future is going to be fine. Folks, stay optimistic. 
Stay faithful. Stay hopeful. The future looks bright. It is the most scariest opponent for the government or the establishment or the people of power to have. When we collectively believe, our voice is being heard and our voice matters. Don't go to your kids or your peers or your coworkers or say this nonsense about your vote and your voice doesn't matter. I've said that before when I was coming up and I was a 22, 23-year-old kid. You know what that language is? That's a language of a defeated person. We are not defeated people. We're leaders. And we're finding each other. The other day, I'm in front of the IT headquarters. Guy just drives up to us. Mario thinks this guy's going to come out. He's going to do something. He runs up to the gate. This happened yesterday. And I'm like, okay, Mario's ready. We're ready. We don't know what's going to happen. It just kind of was sudden that this happened. And we're both looking at him to see how he's walking. And all of a sudden, he comes closer, 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 closer. So this guy's a fan. And he just said, listen, man, I just wanted to say, you know, it's, 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 it's great to see what you guys are doing. You know, I work down the street. I see the logo here all the time. I've been watching it for this many years. I just love that you're pushing the envelope. And I said, you want me to tell you why the future looks bright? He says, why? I said, because like-minded people are finding each other. Mm-hmm. And that is scary. Like in the movie, I Am Legend, they all went and found each other in this place called Vermont. And when they open the doors, there's light and you hear the sound of church. Huh. They don't want you to believe in God, faith, hope. They don't want you to do that. And it's happening. Good. And that's freaking awesome. I love it. That's freaking awesome. Anyways, if you had final thoughts, I want to go to the last two stories before we wrap yeah, up. Yeah, I, th- I mean, ultimately what this comes down to is the story of capitalism here in America, right? I mean, that's essentially everything that we love and appreciate, the free markets, the free enterprise. You talked about compassionate capitalism earlier today. We talked about crony capitalism last night. You know, Then there's this woke capitalism that's sort of seeped into, um, into major companies and to corporations these days. But as we've learned, um, go woke, go broke. Certain companies can withstand going woke, like we saw with Nike and Colin Kaepernick. Certain companies certainly cannot, right? So Bud Light, (laughs) no bueno with Dylan Mulvaney. Okay, Target with your man tuck, weird, Satan, whatever, Satan stuff, okay? Um, Disney. We're seeing, you know, they're going too woke. Um, so I, did, I think you interviewed Noam Chomsky. I think he yeah. he wrote the book, what, um, Profits Over People. And that was a knock on certain corporations and capitalism. But um, there's the reverse side to it is that when you put wokeness over profits, um, there will be hell to pay and people ain't having it anymore. So, um it, Bad policies are getting exposed. Exactly. That's the best right. thing. Bad policies takes time to get exposed. Common sense reveals itself, and then people say, ah, that, I can't believe I once believed in that thing. You ever dated somebody, and then a year later, you're like, what the hell was I doing dating this person? All this the no time. <laughs> yeah. no, no, actually, for you, it's different. You're dating, you're like, I don't really care. I'm yeah, just well, having a good time. So, yeah. But, okay, let's go through this. Two stories. One, Rob, uh, I'm going to combine two stories here together. So play the clip, Rob, if you can find it from supermarket, not supermarket, Topanga Mall, where $300,000 of supplies was stolen from this place, which our office was at Warner Center Marriott across the street from Topanga Mall. This is the mall I would go to. My shopper who would pick out my clothes worked at Topanga Mall. She would pick my clothes. I would go there, and I would buy the stuff. This is the mall. Play this clip. Check this out. Watch this here. $300,000. California policies. Let's go, Cali. Yeah. Well, each one Look of at them. the guy over there doesn't know what to do. He's like, should I take a shirt or should I run? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Look at that. The expensive bag that's over. Yeah, it's wired. Gone. That's 
got the anti-theft wiring to the shelves. He's just going to take the shelves with him. <laughs> okay, pause it. Now, that's California, right? Let me tell you how stupid these policies are. Stay with me here, folks. San Francisco's representative, Kylie, says crime is so out of control that you ready? That employees are instructed not to drive to work. Can you please pull this article up, Rob? They're instructed not to drive to work. What the hell do you mean they're instructed not to drive to work? Well, because it's not safe for their employees. Who the hell says stuff like this? Are we living in a third world country? Okay, let me, let me continue reading this. What page is this on for me to read? It? That was on page 15. Okay, here we go. So uh, uh, Representative Kevin Kiley, okay, California, highlights San Francisco rampant crime due to failed policies, radical politics, and po- political cor- public corruption, revealing that federal building employees were told to stay home due to the conditions around the building, according to a Department of Health and Human Services memo, <laughs> memo. Major businesses, including Whole Foods, Nordstrom's, T-Mobile, Saks, and anthropology have left San Francisco due to rising crimes, causing what Kelly describes as a total collapse in the city. Homicides, robberies, vehicle thefts have surged, leading to a population drop of 70,000 people from 2019 to 2022. The exodus from San Francisco has resulted in crime affecting affluent areas with rampant larcenies, drug crimes comparable to the 80s, and a lack of police visibility. Bad policies have consequences, and our people are paying the price for it. Tom. Rob, roll back to that uh, article you were just looking at. Just go back and roll up, 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 up. I'm going to read one paragraph quick. In the memo, Health and Human Services advise workers to maximize the use of telework for the foreseeable future because of the conditions around 18-story building that houses various federal agencies, including Health and Human Services and Department of Labor and Transportation. So the people that caused it are now trapped outside their castles. Yep. The people that caused it are now like, hey, y'all stay away from the castle here. It ain't safe. This blows me away. This is not government coming in there and saying, hey, you got a really bad situation here. We got to protect our people. Get away from the embassy that's in um, this city because there's um, things going on here. So stay away from the embassy. This is not the government saying that. This is the freaking government saying uh, we want our people to stay away from our buildings because after our policies created this 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 mess, but they don't want to own it, it and take the accountability for fixing it. Shocking to me. Absolutely shocking. Yeah, I read an article, uh, Rob. Where they, no, you have to look it up, Rob. It's all good. They, uh, they told Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi, like, don't come to this federal building because it's just, it's basically getting overrun. I saw the outside area, Tom. It's just all junkies, crackheads, everybody's outside. But then think about it, Tom. She can't go home because when she is home or when she's not there, there's a butt naked guy that's running in there and trying to, you know, have well, now, coffee because, with her husband. Well, because that's, there's that's a, a certain, normal Tuesday. That's no, a no, Tuesday no, in the so Pelosi not, house. Not, yeah, because yeah, well, there's a musician in her driveway saying, it's hammer time. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what, <laughs> this is why I love Florida. Okay, yeah. let me tell you something, buddy. We, we, we've been talking about Snow White and all the Disney stuff. And, you know, I'm going to use a little three bears analogy. You go too far left, you end up in fucking San Francisco crime-ridden yeah. ridiculousness. You go too far right, you're out in West Virginia, super far right, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. In Florida, welcome to purple Florida. We, sometimes we're a little more red. These days, sometimes they'll get a little more blue. All good. But it's normal. And it's free. And there's not nonsense going on from super woke left or super alt-right. 
And that's why I love Florida. But can you imagine that? I'm not, this is really fast. But this this is from that stupid defund the police. And then why would you, as a as a governor, say you know what? Under a thousand dollars, nine hundred eight ninety eight. We're not going to even stop you. And if you work in the business, you can't stop the person, or you're going to be this, the one against. This is this is not going to work yeah. long term. It's horrible. Good for them. It's Good. not going to work long term because bad policies have consequences. Yeah. That's it. You have to have yeah. faith in that. Faith, hope. Informed, all of those. Yeah. If we have faith, hope, informed, fearless, we are finding each other, period. Last story here Armenia. to wrap up. Nagorno-Karabakh, Armenia, what's yeah. going on with them? Mainstream media is not talking about this a lot. Armenians face genocide in Azerbaijan. Former International Criminal Court Prosecutor warns, this is AP News a couple days ago. The former ICC chief prosecutor, Luis Moreno Ocampo, warns of an impending genocide against ethnic Armenians in Azerbaijan, Nagorno-Karabakh region, urging the UN Security Council to intervene. Ocampo's report highlights Azerbaijan's blockade of the sole road connecting Armenia to Nagorno-Karabakh, severely impeding supplies for 120,000 residents. These are 120,000 people and risking a humanitarian catastrophe, the report notes that there's reasonable basis to believe that a genocide is being committed right now. The situation emerged after Armenia-backed forces controlled Nagorno-Karabakh until a 2020 war with a compo urging the Security Council, including Russia and the U.S., to act and prevent a worsening crisis. And this continues with other stories that are asking for support. And, you know, Nicole uh, Pashinyan is talking about uh, uh, issues a stark warning asserting that if Azerbaijan obstructs humanitarian aid via the Lachin Corridor, it will prove that its real goal is to starve the people of Nagorno-Karabakh and to subject them to genocide. Pashinyan reveals that humanitarian relief has reached Korenzor, the gateway to Lachin Corridor, but Azerbaijan is hindering its passage, amplifying an eight-month-long humanitarian crisis. He condemns obstruction and incomprehensible and unacceptable. Pashinyan challenges Azerbaijan's stated pretext for blocking the corridor saying, what does Azerbaijan not allow this cargo to enter Nagorno-Karabakh? Is it not because the real goal of Azerbaijan is to start the people in Nagorno-Karabakh to subject them to genocide? So when you hear a story like this, there's, there's a couple different things. Ukraine and Russia, okay? That's an example of what Russia and Ukraine, to have the conflict with each other. Armenia, you have Azerbaijan, okay? And then you have this area, Nagorno-Karabakh, that used to be theirs, that is now ours, and now they're kind of sharing it together. It's kind of like East Ukraine and, you know, West Ukraine. It's like this Ukraine, they all speak Russian. This Ukraine is different, so I understand on the East Ukraine side, it's more like this, but West Ukraine is... There's an element of that going on here. But what you don't hear about with this proxy war that's going on between Ukraine and Russia, you don't hear about Russians preventing Ukrainian people from eating food or vice versa. That's not happening there. They just have a war that's going on between the two of them, okay? What is happening here with Armenia and Azerbaijan, it's a longstanding genocide that happened many, many years ago, over a century ago, April 24, 1915, over a century ago, a million and a half to 2.2 million Armenians Assyrians and Greeks. You and I are Assyrian. Yep. I'm Armenian and Greeks are part of this. That now some, I don't know what the number is, 60 plus countries have said, no, this is an event that took place. There's a great movie that was done by Kirk Kerkorian uh, where Christian Bale is in the movie highlighting what the motive was behind the insurance policies. And if you've never seen it, you got to go watch this movie. I think it's called The Promise, Rob, if you can pull up the movie. But it's tragic what's going on there. 
Uh, I know in L.A., Adam Schiff, believe it or not, is going out there writing a letter, I believe, to Biden saying we got to do something about this. And Adam Schiff is a guy from the left that's sitting yeah. out there saying we got to do something about this. Uh, it's catastrophic. It's heartbreaking that this is happening. Um, but at the same time, I hope mainstream media starts talking about this so it gets the attention of people because there's, there's different kinds of support. There's the support you give to Ukraine because you want Putin to fall because you don't like Putin, right? That's kind of like you're, you're, you're getting involved in elections, kind of like this gentleman from China that said about what they're doing in the U.S. to hurt kind of the candidates. It's a speech that we haven't played yet. And then there's difference between that versus supporting what's going on in Hawaii or actually helping people that are in major need because a genocide is taking place, but you don't want to get involved because Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan is linked to Turkey hmm. and Turkey's Erdogan, and they now have one of the best militaries in Turkey, and he just recently won an election, which was very weird because a lot of Turkish built people... Built by yeah, us. Yeah, built by us. So, so it, deeply concerning. It's something that... Uh, um, you know, uh, you know, when I sat down with Tate and then uh, Tate and Tucker had a conversation with Azerbaijan and the comments that was made about Azerbaijan, we don't know all the stories about everybody. I'm about to have a debate here with two folks that are pro-Muslim and two folks that were not, and they've all agreed to come and do this podcast. I can't wait for this podcast. It's going to be in the next month or two. It's going to be great. I've been having a lot of conversations with Muslims because I think this is a conversation that I want to have. Um, the folks especially the leaders at the top of Azerbaijan and Turkey, what they're doing with Armenians is a travesty. And I think when something like this happens where people are standing in line for hours to get bread, some areas don't have water, food, medicine, kids are sick. They don't have access to the basic stuff that you need on a daily basis. It's catastrophic. So our prayers goes out to the folks there, and we hope more people talk about this to bring attention to what's really going on over there. Uh, having said that, uh, today's what? Today's Tuesday or Thursday? Thursday Today is Pat. Thursday. Thursday. Uh, Rob, do we have podcast? Uh, uh, when's the next podcast we have? Uh, we Tuesday. have podcast Tuesday, and th- Tuesday, Thursday afternoon, and Friday of next week. Tuesday, so Thursday three. afternoon, and Friday of yes, next week. So we're doing three next week. Three next so week. So your dream's coming true. You talked about it? Fantastic. You put it out there? Gang, cool. if you're watching this, we're about to announce our next town hall, okay? We're about to announce our next town hall and our next live podcast. The one I'm trying to put together is going to be freaking epic. God. And those tickets are going to sell out. And all you guys that messaged me afterwards pissed off saying, I wish I would have bought a ticket. If you don't want to be part of that camp, text the word podcast to 310-340-1132. Again, text the word podcast to 310-340-1132 because you're always the first to get the link to the next guest at our live event. So if you're not on that text distribution list, you are not going to get it. Having said that, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll do this again next week. Take care. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Patrick Bed David here nice. from Valley and PBD nice. Podcast. Look, once a year, we host a conference called the Vault Conference. It's our Super Bowl where 3,000 entrepreneurs, CEOs, executives, salespeople from around the world come together to spend three and a half days together from August 30th to September 2nd at the Diplomat Resort in Miami to learn how to scale their business, how to identify their next 5, 10, 15 moves, who to recruit next, who to go raise their money from, how to raise capital, how to properly scale, culture, retention, hire, fire, all of those things and much more. And we do that over a span of three and a half days. And the reason why it's a very important season to attend a conference like this, the following reason. Today, there's three different types of people. They're scared, there are those that are content and the obsessed. The scared, they don't want to do anything because they're worried about what's going to happen in the economy. They're going to take a big hit. The content, they're walking around saying, life is pretty okay. I don't need to do anything else. And then there's the obsessed because they see a massive opportunity today. 
So imagine spending three and a half days with 3,000 obsessed people that want to grow in a season like this. Imagine how much you can learn from just those relationships and networks. So on top of the people that are going to be attending at this event, this is probably the best lineup we'll ever have at a vault conference. Tom Brady, seven-time champion. I'll be interviewing him. He'll be at the vault conference. Mike Tyson, Will Guidera, the gentleman who ran the restaurant 11 Madison, New York, that went from a regular restaurant to a one Michelin star, two Michelin star, three Michelin star, and eventually the number one restaurant in the world. He's going to talk about how they treat their customers. So look, if you've not registered yet, this is my recommendation to you. I never went to conferences when I was coming up by myself. I always went with a spouse, with a business partner or running mate because I only have a lens on what I see. Every night afterwards, we would sit there and say, what was your biggest takeaway? So get yourself, your spouse, your partner, your running mate registered to come spend three and a half days with us at the Diplomat Resort in Miami from August 30th to September 2nd. I will see you there.